When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Starbucks Pistachio Latte will transport you to your happy place. The comforting flavor of pistachio, warm espresso and milk, all with a brown buttery topping. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. Hey, Kiss Army. This is Tony from Restrained, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. I'm not sure why, but you are. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode 17. We are calling this one, I can't wait to, I can't wait to, I can't wait to start because it's a literal shame cubed that we waited this long to talk about rat. Tommy and Zeus, how are you? Oh, great, buddy. Thank you for the always exciting, lyrically induced intro there. I love that. Or song title induced intro. Good stuff here. I know it's amazing. We took it to taking us this long to get to rat. And uh, it's funny because I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, Sonny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are doing Van Halen. Yeah, we're doing OU812. Oh, you're doing Metallica. Yeah, we're doing Load. Oh, you're doing Rat. Yeah, we're doing Detonator. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Zeus? So I thought I'm like this when he does his intro, he definitely will say shame. There's oh, no he, way he's not going to say it. He's got to have shame in that. Shame cubed. Did you get it? That's good. I like it. I like it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but yes, this is my selection. And just to be the contrarian that I am, yeah, everyone wants out of the cellar. Well, fuck you. We're not doing that as a group pick. I'm going to pick something to fuck everybody up. Because Out of the Cellar was definitely on our list to be one of those, okay, here's a group pick because we all love that. And I'm like, well, great. I'll throw a monkey wrench in that. I'm going to pick Detonator before we get to it. That's okay. A lot of people love this album. This is a bit doing research on this. A lot of people love this album. A lot of people don't like this album. Yeah. And one of them, one of them may be among us. We'll find out. One of them. I think think two of you guys are going to be among us, but that's okay. Oh, you're right. A lot of people like Brussels sprouts, too. Don't mean it's good. 
<laughs> Why do you have to go. say a lot of people like steak and some people don't? Don't call this album <laughs> Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Jesus. Because <laughs> we don't know because we know no podcasters like in Brussels sprouts. No, no, no. They're not serving that anywhere. No. No. <laughs> no. You you think of fucking the Arby's buffet when you think of fucking podcasters wait a second arby's has a buffet not out here <laughs> what's the, what's the big fucking what's the big golden corral golden corral it's <laughs> a big fat guy buffet golden corral golden corral yeah give me another one of those chicken fried steaks please i love that what's the buffet we all come up with all the buffets <laughs> we all know it golden corral we don't have any golden corrals around here no i went to one in when i went to visit my mom in florida Dude, it was like a fucking feeding trough. Like it was, br- it was brutal. They're all over the place here. All oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I will tell you this: it's like people that are like, oh, and I don't know why they show the commercials for Red Lobster. There is no yep. Red Lobsters around Boston or Massachusetts. No. no one's going. Gee, I can go to the Cape Cod, or I can go up to Revere Beach, or I can go up to the the North Shore. But instead, I, I'm going to go to the Red Lobster and grab seafood. You know, it, it doesn't happen around here. It's and we don't have to go to it's the same people who go to Olive Garden to get chicken parm. What are you doing? Don't go there. Don't do that. <laughs> well, yeah. if you live in Iowa. You ain't got no choice. That's yeah. true. That's true. But we're lucky. Neither one of us live in Iowa. What's the other one? Long John Silver. Oh, commercials in the Boston market for long. I don't think his one like 200 miles from around here. Dude, wasn't that guy a porn star? <laughs> No, that's Long Dong Silver, isn't it? <laughs> Wasn't that who it is? He was in he was in like the congressional record because when they did the Clarence Thomas thing, apparently he would he would go up to chicks and be like, Hey, uh, have you seen any movies by Long Dong Silver? Something like that. Oh, see <laughs> <laughs> there was also the story where he went up to women. He was like, "Hey, uh, can I have a coke? Who who put this pubic hair on my coke?" Oh, oh and, my god! And feel like their reaction, like oh. pubic hair on my coke. See, it only took us five minutes to digress. Unbelievable! Oh, All right, all right. <laughs> Getting us back on track. Um, last time we were out. Um, we talked about a hailstorm, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we're still recovering from all our drooling because uh, a lot of the feedback we got uh, was talking about us being a little too thirsty for uh, Miss Lizzie Hale. That's uh, true. That's true. Oh, and oh, sorry, we weren't like drooling over fucking uh, Kip Winger. We did drool over him, but th- th- this is a little bit more suitable for us. So. I thought yeah, so, so we'll go back. This was going to make a reappearance. I wasn't sure. If... <laughs> oh man, oh, who was Lorenzo Lamas? <laughs> oh, Lorenzo Lamas with this laser fucking pointer showing people's <laughs> personal defects. <laughs> Great one, Tom. What do you want to start? Uh, so yeah, so we always start with the poll, bonus poll here. So. The fix is in here. Somebody's oh, got to. Somebody. God. Somebody has to explain this to me. What? For the first time ever, my last ranked song was Sonny's highest ranked song, "Better Safe Than Sorry," and that won the poll. Yes, that Fuck is insane. You, Tony. 
And then my number one song, Familiar Taste of Poison, came in last. <laughs> and then the two most quote unquote well known songs, It's Not You and I Get Off, were right in the middle. So Better Safe Than Sorry came in first, which uh, I don't know, whatever. So, uh, yeah, and of course, Sonny comments here and Tony comment. You guys are rubbing, having a little foot rub about the poll. Our buddy, I love it louder. So I love this album. You guys heard the cover of Straight Through the Heart on the Ronnie record. I like it better than the original Blasphemy. Her voice just crushes. All right. I'm not even sure what the hell's going on there. West Beach saw Hailstone open for Alice Cooper. Having seen all the hype they were getting and didn't care for them at all. Great production and sound on their album, but don't care for the band or the songs. To me, I don't hear any hooks, and the songs just don't do it for me. That's shocking, because I think everything had a hook. Um, Save Rock and Metal. Is that Sunny? That might be Sunny. Save (laughs) Rock and Metal. I would have voted for What Were You Expecting, but it wasn't available. Steve Wright says, Better Sorry, Hell Yeah, Poonie theme song. Look, it's a good song. I mean, we were we were huge fans of um of of that album. I mean, you you guys listened to it. We were we were gushing over that entire thing. A uh, couple more episode specific comments here. Um, Twisted Kister, this doesn't match my love for some of the previous albums that you reviewed, since I've lived with some of these for thirty plus years. But this may be the most excited I've I've been to hear a review. I really enjoy this band, and I'm glad there are such cool current bands to enjoy. Uh, Deuce was raving about this. Uh, this episode he, he loves he's a big fan of hailstorm let's see steve de disco i bought it a while back we'll definitely revisit it after listening to your review i love how his name is de disco now that's steve what? de wood oh is that what he that's him yes i didn't i never put it together yeah uh lizzie hale's a rock goddess Oh, then Tony had a good one here. Tony from Restrained, who, by the way, let's try not to forget he did our intro music. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm, whatever. I'm only about 30 minutes into the episode. You guys are killing me. Zeus, it's funny because you call my pictures poses. Do you remember when we were talking about his pictures? He goes, you call, he goes, you call my pictures poses because my old drummer used to name them. I never do any of them on purpose. It just happens in the moment. Here's a new one for you. And it's a pose. Yeah, um, speaking of that, he's the one cruciate of, of <laughs> restraint. That is not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not what you would call a compliment. Yes. Dude, we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the, the, this Ooh. album here. Um, MD, if someone hasn't gotten to you guys about this already, Wasted, W-Y-S-T-E-D, was a band formed by UFO's legendary bass player Pete Way. Somebody, we, somebody made a comment about Wasted. I was like, I don't know who the hell those are. How long did it? This is also from MD. How long after this episode posted did it take you guys to receive a restraining order from Lizzie Hale? <laughs> Stanley lives for you. Possibly the best episode the three of you have done. And I'm not even in love with this album. Wow. wow. Our buddy Steve chimes in with his rankings. Uh, he has Hailstorm right up top behind Slide It In and Mechanical Residence. Wow. Great pick from Sonny. Lizzie and the band are just amazing. Great live. And they do that. They do good. They make covers they do. They sound like their own songs. Uh, Nige Savage, listen to this episode right now. Really interested to see what I think of this album. Loads of hype about Hailstorm, but I've never really given them a listen. Quote of the episode so far by Zeus. Quote, he can actually play the drums, unlike Ricky fucking Rocket of Poison. (laughs) Poison is a punching bag for every bonus episode. Mark Ain't John. Never heard this album. I'm also a believer that all good music was in the 90s and before. I only yeah. gave this a chance. Oh, yeah, don't get too excited now because his next line is, I only gave this a chance because of you three idiots. 
<laughs> now I have to get all their albums. Hailstorm is just too good. Very surprised of the talent of this band. And then another podcast called Playlist Wars that I started yep. listening to. These guys are good. They pick a band and they each make a greatest hits list of that band. And then they kind of fight over who has the better list. It's an interesting concept. Good podcast. They chimed in and said, love their debut. Looking forward to hearing what you guys think. And then Fritz Bon Von Bufu, <laughs> he calls them shitstorm. Well, remember now, Bufo means dummy in Greek. Okay, I didn't know that. So, I, so I, he calls his them. Name, his name came up before, and I mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's some Twitter feedback. So this is definitely a love. I don't want to say love hate, but the people that love this album really love this album. So that's some Twitter stuff. Ooh, pun intended or not intended? Love hate. What Sonny's other favorite band? No, <sighs> no I know song. the song. I know. I was making a joke about that shitty eighties band. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Over on our Loudcasters page, our buddy and brother Steve Wright. I can't stop seeing Rocky Dennis now. When I see when I see see the cover. Thanks, Zeus. Oh boy. Yeah. The Rocky Rocky Dennis. See, that's Zeus. That 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 is that that is he does not reflect the opinions of the shout out loudcast album review crew he looks like rocky dennis <laughs> on youtube youtube crickets <laughs> hey kudos for even bringing it up though that's uh, all right on our facebook page graham richley hailstorm awesome talent incredible debut they have often recycled it, but never topped it. Podcasts in recent years have given me a window into many incredible newer bands, and Hailstorm is just one of many. Zeus, you don't know what you've been missing. This is Lizzie and RJ in Sydney, December 2019. And he put a nice photo up there. Mark Weiss, great episode. Hailstorm is a terrific band and love the fact they got a full episode dedicated to them. Great pick, Sonny Pooney. You know what that sound is, Tom? <laughs> Anytime yes. anybody agrees with me. <laughs> this may be our first Sonny Burner Facebook account, Tom. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, Max Lynch, you guys can't be so horned up <laughs> before doing an album review. You lose all musical musical perspective. This was a cookie-cutter song structure that was predictable, parentheses, boring. Wow. Didn't take genius to create this. As for badass, she's no Chrissy Hindy. I think Chrissy he misspelled it. Pretend, pretenders. Yeah, but I think, I think he misspelled it. That's why. Okay. Saying. Go listen to the debut Pretenders record. Okay. What? First of all, why does one have to be one versus the other? Why can't they both be? Right? Let, let, and, let's, just, let, let's just say for the sake of argument that this album is cookie cutter, which I don't think any of us agree. What, what's the matter with liking something that might be not as like, 
oh sorry it's not dream theater it's not elo it's <laughs> it's a it's a it's a modern pop metal band with hooky catchy song why is that a problem and it takes a genius to write strutter or too young to fall in love yeah <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to say, or 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 uh, scratch that itch. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to keep it away from this. <laughs> no, but it, but it's right. Like, oh, I'm sorry, '80s. That's cookie cutter. But anyway, Zeus, so, so, go ahead. I just that, that, no, that's, no, that's no, a no. weird commentary. <laughs> no, and, and and Max has always been pretty good about these kind of comments. Yeah. But the only thing that I was going to say is like sometimes you call it cookie cutter structure that didn't take a genius. It was predictable. Sometimes that that's the kind of best music. Yeah. That's why I love the Bon Jovi debut album, which I bring up often because it's simple, but it's catchy, hooky, pop rock, pop yeah. metal. Yep. I like that stuff. And this yep. is what came out of this. I can listen to it. I, I catch the melody. God damn. She's a badass with that, with those vocals. Come on. Um, Craig Moran just put a great episode and put a photo of her in a white, tank top and it rolling up and you can see like a bikini bottom that she's got on as as like the only pants with knee thigh fucking high i don't know leather boots on like what the fuck (laughs) nice gordon duncan great album michael anderson great episode hope you guys finished when it was over oh jesus during <laughs> I knew it. I knew you. Were gonna, I knew somebody's going to say that. Um, Chris Sargent. Only thing is, it wasn't their debut album. Time Man was their first album. Oh my god! <sighs> <there we> go. <laughs> Dude, debut on a actual label, not a fucking demo you can buy at one of the shows. Those are my favorite kind of commenters. Those so are my mean, like if we did out of the cellar. Well, that's not really. They had the EP. Come on. Well, no, they had this uh, cassette that had two songs on it. I got it in 1979 at That's the Whistle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, facelift is not Alice in Chains first. They did an EP. We Die Young. It had two, three tracks. Come on. I'm like, he, he, okay, he fucking gooch part two. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yep. was just going to say that. <laughs> Adam Nickmeyer. Me, when you guys played the Greek music, then perking up for the Pinocchio music. <laughs> Pinocchio. <laughs> Poor Jack. Jack Pinocchio, which leads me to telling people, I told you after our episode we did on the live cast with Growing Up Rock in Part of the Nell, Jack said something annoying. I don't know what it was about one of the selections. And I said, oh, just for that. You're not getting your theme music. And you notice if you listen to our soul uh, train, soul, soul train. train. Wow. <laughs> All right. Whatever it's called, soul station <laughs> review. Soul. Um, instead of playing his theme music, Tom, I put cricket sounds. Oh, see, you're so mean. Just when you control the fucking <laughs> editing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Craig Moran put another. Oh. Oh, look at this photo of her. She's like thigh high fucking white fucking leggings. Ah, oh, just I don't know, in a leather skirt, sunglasses on. Yeah, that's an unattractive woman. And then I'll leave this one with you guys. Oh my goodness. Kevin Jepson. Oh. Guys, what the fuck? 
you did the ro- you did the intro wrong. Zeus, goddamn! Oh man, yellow. Welcome to the Circle Jerk Podcast. Oh god, might be my favorite review yet. <laughs> Look, that's awesome. He he actually said this publicly, and he put his name behind it. So we've joked about this, Tom. A few oh. times that some of our fucking listeners are perverted. Now I'm gonna put Kevin up there with Sonny Pooney as the two horniest <laughs> men I know. So oh, yeah. He goes on to say, I've told you guys here and privately, you need to do a porn cast. Oh my god. <laughs> he wants Sonny, he wants us to review porn and do the commentary <laughs> as an episode. He's got Damn. issues. How did she get that leg up in that angle? Wow. <laughs> uh, this one. Oh, look at her flabby ass. Just bloop, I'm not really into the hairy ball back fucking photo uh, video <laughs> shot. Oh. Come oh, on. Oh, he's getting oh. too much screen time. Go back to the. I, know, oh, just, I, I, just, I can't stand this fucking. This angle. Move the angle. Come on. Yeah. Oh wait, wait a second. We already saw that screen. That's a repeat. Wait, yeah. that's a repeat. <laughs> yeah, he's going this long. <laughs> Anyways, he goes on to say this debut is so good. They rule live as well. I got this the day it came out. My top three songs. Number one, I'm starting to think Kevin and Tom are the same person, except he's way too horny. Familiar taste of poison. Hell yes. I get off. It's yep. not you. And to be clear, nobody takes my title of horniest man alive. Oh, boy. That's me. F you, Pooney. Wow. Well, if the kiss cruise happens, they might have to be a showdown. I don't know how you prove that, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> it needs to be like a tarmac or some fucking police yellow tape around that area. <laughs> all the jerking off that'll be going on in those rooms. <laughs> Anyways, man, yeah, that's our Facebook, and we do have one review on uh, podchaser.com, podchaser.com. It's from Casa de Leon, and uh, the Sunny Burner account is going on on Podchaser right now, too. (laughs) Outstanding review of a newer album. Great job, gentlemen. Thank you, Casa de Leon. Oh, God, here we go. All right, so we got a couple emails here. Sonny, you want to start with a few? And I have, and then I have a few, and then I have a Facebook DM I want to read too. Yeah, so uh, I think Save Rock sent something on Twitter or something too, but says, uh, yep. "Hi guys, the episode was simply incredible. Possibly your best episode so far. We've heard that a couple of times, supposedly yep. from me, over and over and over. But whatever." <laughs> um, and then uh, my brother sent in an email, which uh, I'll tell you guys. Uh, you guys don't know this because you don't really know Danny that well. He doesn't usually sit down and send something unless he's really been kind of moved, right? That he really okay. feels like he needs to say something. Otherwise, he just kind of lets it go because that's the that's the guy he is. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter to him. Yep. But he says, uh, hey, fellas, another great album review, uh, review crew episode. I remember how I first heard Hailstorm. Sonny and I were in the car about eight years ago, and we were talking about how I love male-female dual vocals like Evanescence or Skillet. Yep. Uh, he said, uh, if you like female rockers, you got to listen to this and blasted hailstorm been a fan ever since 
Tom and Zeus, if you haven't heard some other Hailstorm singles, such as I Miss the Misery, Mrs. Hyde, and their cover of Get Lucky, they're all pretty amazing. So uh, that just kind of goes to show you I'm the brainwash guy of our entire family. Nice. Like, you can't, you can't get past me from the brainwash. I at least try. Yep. <laughs> I Miss the Misery is a great song. I do know that song. Uh, yeah. I don't know the other ones he's referring to, but I Miss the Misery. That is, that is a good one, too. Yeah, from these... Honestly, Mrs. Hyde's actually better than I Miss the Misery, I think. And it's on the okay. same album. Okay, cool. A uh, couple emails here is from our good friend Deuce. So he he he's interactive with us on Twitter all the time. But every once in a while, when he gets really excited about something, he'll shoot an email. So he says, uh, where to begin? First, props to Sonny for making the pick. Floored me. Zeus clapping as the episode started. Floored me again. Thought for sure I was going to have to go a few rounds with Zeus over this one. I'm so glad he liked it. I appreciate the fact that all three of you respect each other's picks and actually go into each episode with an open mind and share your thoughts with us. Tom, I'm one, I'm with you 100% when it comes to female front of rock bands. Great letters to Cleo drop, by the way. And when they strap on a guitar, I'm done. What makes Lizzie stand apart is her amazing voice. There really are no words to describe her voice. Sure, Ann Wilson and Pat Benatar bring it but they never did anything close to what Lizzie does. Ooh, that's a statement. Her resume may not be as long, but for me, she's the greatest female vocalist I have heard. This album is so good. One of my favorites ever and ranks right up there with great debut efforts. To open with It's Not You and close with Nothing to Do With Love, it doesn't get much better. The cover is a big disappointment, but this band is so solid, so tight, so talented, it doesn't really matter. When people ask me about rock music today, I always turn them to Hailstorm, and I've yet to have anybody come back disappointed. Great episode, great album, and Sonny, I'm calling dibs on Lizzie next Valentine's Day. Nice. <laughs> and then we got one from Doug Middleton. Title, Lizzie is a freak. Then he says, I have a question for Tommy after listening to the Hailstorm episode. Brittany or Lizzie? You can only pick one, and Brittany doesn't play guitar. All I could think about, Lizzie plus hot leather pants, plus the hair, plus the guitar, plus the voice. Should I go on? The woman is gone today. There's so many... The woman is gone today, so my hands are going to do some hailstorm video surfing on YouTube. I take a couple of naps in between. First of all, nobody beats Britney. I'm just going to make that answer short and sweet for you. Lizzie's great. Britney's Britney is the queen, so just don't even ask. Um, and then we'll, we got one big DM from our good friend Craig Moran. He sends an email, or sometimes or he interacts with us, but he saves his his big stuff for the DMs. Says just finished the hailstorm episode. I think I think all three of you need a cold shower. Great episode. <laughs> After listening, I went back and listened to this album all the way through for the first time in a good while. Lizzie definitely has one of the most amazing and powerful voices I've heard in a long time. Your likening her to Pink is a good comparison. They both have bigger balls than a lot of male singers out there. This message is less a commentary on the album and more of a recommendation for this second album, The Strange Case of, my personal favorite. There might be a little more filler on it than the debut album, but the so best songs are on it are much better than the best of the first. You get Sweet Lizzie and two of their best songs. Rock Show, Here's to Us. I think Zeus would love that one. Do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and watch Lizzie's duet with Amy Lee on their song Break In. Holy shit, their voices complement each other so well. Hailstorm's cover of Lady Gaga's Bad Romance is way better than the original, and her vocals may be better than Ann Wilson on their version of Hearts, All I Want to Do is Make Love to You. You'll be pleasantly surprised by some of their other choices of cover tunes, too. Until next month's album review. Awesome. Craig, thank you. Wow, that's two comments about Ann Wilson. That's a bold statement because Ann Wilson is, you know, obviously renowned as one of the all-time great female singers. So, uh, Hailstorm, Lizzie is fantastic. You, you, you heard us for three hours talk about how great she is. So, 
617 422. All right. What do we go do next? All right. So, Rat Detonator. Uh, this was my selection in the in the rotation. So I wanted to go back to because I know I'm going to alienate you guys when I start going off the beaten path. Um, I wanted to go back to some hair metal, glam metal, pop metal, whatever the one you want to call it. Okay, I wanted to hit something that I liked. Now for me, I was always a big Rat fan. I love them. Uh, I. I, I Stephen Piercy's voice, one of us here does not like it, for, for and one of us here really loves it, and that's me. I love it. I think I think his unique style and delivery works. Do I think he can do a certain type of song? Yeah, sometimes. It's like Ozzy. You either like his voice or you don't, but there are certain songs you know Ozzy or Stephen Piercy can't do. I like their distinct, like, oh, that's Stephen Piercy. Oh, that's Ozzy. I like it, and it sticks out to me. Um, and with that said, I had, um, for me, I had, you know, out, out of the cellar, all the way, invasion, dancing undercover, reach for the sky, all that stuff through. So this came out. I just bought it. When you were in the, the those days, in the late 80s, early 90s, you had your favorite bands, and when their album came out, you didn't wait to see the video. You didn't wait to hear if you liked it. You just bought the album because it's that band. There were a lot of bands like that. That that's what I did: Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, Rat, uh, Great White. Those bands, their album came out. I bought it. That's what it was. Uh, I got this, and I could tell right off the bat this was a little different. Okay. However, I liked the turn that they took. So for me, it just kept my my love of the band kept going. It, it didn't change, although they changed a little bit. Um, you know, the look changed a little bit, but the sound, the distinct sound was still there. And the thing for me about Rat, which was always there from the beginning, I'm trying to look and see of all the bands that we've done, okay, there are, there are a couple that have dual attacks. Van Halen, no. Appetite, yes. Slide it in, yes. Pyromania, yes. Jar flies, no. Peace of mind, yes. Blizzard, no. Load, yes. Mechanical resonance, yes. Uh, super unknown, not really. Singles, too much of a mix. Bon Jovi, no. Winger, no. Odyssey, no. And Hailstorm, no. There's something about Warren Demartini's playing that complements Robin Crosby's rhythm guitar. That I I just can't explain it. It it works for me for Rat Sound. I'm not saying he's better than any of those guitarists. But the lead playing is awesome. It moves me. It's melodic. It extenuates or accents some of the the rhythm guitar playing, which is always a a fucking great riff when you talk about Rat. And that sound is even more accented on this album 
because I know we will talk about it because uh, uh, apparently <clears throat> uh, Warren did both parts on, on this album. Uh, but I think he did it with the with the mindset that this is how we always do it. So he did Robin's side at that point. He did it himself. So I love that rat sound. The drumming's great. The bass is great. Steven's vocals. I just think they just kept it going. And I liked that they all of a sudden incorporated a little bit of the Bon Jovi-ish style and toned down a little bit of the sleazy, harder rock style and made it more popish this time around. And it's no more evident than the fact that Bon Jovi's actually on this album. And then it's actually Bon Jovi's songwriter that comes in and produces and writes most of the songs on this album. And there's that, oh, this is an old rat style song. Oh, this is the Bon Jovi style song on this album. You can pick up the differences in, on, on this album, which is which works and which sounds a little bit different. I, I love that. I had high hopes that this album would bring rat back to the forefront because it had been a steady decline since out of the cellar, you know, triple platinum, double platinum, platinum, and then this one. So I had high hopes. I fell in love with this and um, it stood out for me because after this was the real change, at least as far as I'm concerned about my musical style and taste, because right after kind of this album went out, a whole new set of music came in for me. So this is one of the last of that era for me. So that's where I think about, and that's how I came into this album. Uh, who wants to go next? So for me, look, I, I, lo- I love Rat. I'm with Zeus. I love Stephen Piercy's vocals. It's a unique style that you really can't compare to everybody else. And he brings a certain kind of L.A. sleazy glam that a lot of bands can't do. But they can still do the pop metal with that sleaze. It, it's it, there. It's a unique sound. But the for me, the interesting thing for me with Rat was when I was like younger, I was more Motley Crue. When I was like, yeah, Rat's yeah, I like Round and Round. But and and then as 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 I've gotten older, it's kind of reversed itself. I'm like, yeah, Motley Crue. Yeah, I I like them, but I love I lo- I love Rat. But the but the the weird thing for me is that I've always been an out of the cellar guy. And a hits guy, I have never owned a Rat album other than Out of the Cellar, which is weird because I love the band. Wow! I have Out of the Cellar, and then I have Tell the World, the very best of that huge, amazing compilation that has everything on it. But I know so much of Rat just from over the years of listening to them, you know, radio, MTV, and then now with streaming services and satellite radio, I know like their whole catalog. Detonator, never owned it. Uh, this is one album where the only songs I knew on it were the songs that were were, were the popular ones. I guess you'd probably, probably take the top four off here that make their greatest hits compilation. Um, never heard the rest of the album. Not n- Never. Um, so I was excited to listen to it because I do love Rat. Zeus commented on the pop metal, the kind of radio-friendly Desmond Child kind of st- stuff that goes in here. And it's definitely, definitely evident on on some of these songs. Some of the songs is way more obnoxious that they're trying to do something a little bit different 
And then other songs are like, okay, that's the rat. I love that's the Warren D martini. That's the Steven Piercy sleazy lyrics, sleazy chorus, the groove that I like in that band. And then there's other songs. It's like, oof, I don't know if that's rat. We'll talk about that. We do the track by track. Um, but going into this, yeah, I was excited for the pick because I love rat and it's because an album that I wasn't a hundred percent familiar with top to bottom. So, uh, but yeah, huge rat fan, seen him a bunch of times in concert with Steven Piercy and, um, yeah, excited to talk about it. I think they might be the, was that the last band I've seen in con? No, we saw kiss kiss, but non kiss was with you at the ballroom with Jimmy. Right? Yep. Right. Yep. The yeah, me, you and Jimmy. New Hampshire and uh, Hamptons beach. Correct. Yep. Yep. Sonny. So for me, my musical history with bands, if I love them or hate them kind of thing, all connected to first, it was a music, then it was the videos, and then it was seeing them live. That was important for me for a connection to a band. With Rat, I was all in at Out of the Cellar. I'm an MTV kid. The the videos were on there constantly. There's no way you can get away from them. And Demartini is really the one that attracted me. It was not Stephen Piercy. It never has been. Um, I, I kind of, I liken Stephen Piercy to Vince Neil, Getty Lee. Like there's these voices that it's like, eh, can I get through an entire album in one sitting with that voice? Most likely not, but it, I can listen to some of the music sparingly. Right. But really Warren does it for me here. Here's my problem with Rat. At this point, I am absolutely pissed at Rat because they canceled between 87 and 91 at least four or five shows I was supposed to go to. And then Piercy <laughs> at one point, Piercy at one point said, we never cancel shows. I'm like, you fucking liar. Dude, I got, I got tickets that prove you didn't show up, right? And the crazy part for me is this is not a... European band that was on a tour didn't go well. They canceled. This is not a East Coast band. They're burnt on the road. They had to cancel. This is a band that is at the bottom of my state, right? <laughs> that has no problem making up shows that are literally 300 miles from you, right? Like I was falling in love with bands from the West Coast because I could see them in San Francisco or Oakland, then go see him in Sacramento, then go see him in Fresno, then go see him in LA, then go see him in San Diego if I wanted. That's how I fell in love with bands. And these guys constantly canceling on me were starting to piss me off. So I, I was pissed off. The first time I saw him live was 89 in a club, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were already done by then. They yep. couldn't fill a thousand seat club anymore, right? So I'm like, God, they suck. No wonder nobody loves these guys, <laughs> right? So when this album came out, I didn't get it. I was like, I'm done with Rat. I, I'd heard some of the songs. I'm like, whatever, dude. I'm sick of Rat. I'll just listen out of the cellar, and I'm pretty much done. And plus, I was getting into other bands that, honestly, everything the other bands were putting out that I was getting into was better than anything Rat was putting out. So I was pretty much done with these guys. I got this album, I remember, in 2005 because I'm in Vegas. They happened to be playing the joint. The week I was in Vegas, I'm like, if these fuckers cancel on me, I swear to God, I am burning joint down right now. Right. Cause it's, I haven't seen them since 1989. They were brutal live. <laughs> right. I went and got this album. I listened to it going, oh my God, I hope they don't play a bunch of the newer <laughs> stuff. I just want to hear out of the cellar. And, that's it. <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I kind of, 
uh, put it out in the text group, like, would Rad hit your top 50? Would Rad hit your top 100? Take all the genres of the stuff you listen to. I'm not sure that would make my top 100, to be honest with you. Wow. There is a lot of Rat songs I like. Some are on this album. There's no doubt about that. But that's kind of my history is they piss me off because of all the canceling. And for bands I have not seen live from the 80s, I just have no connection with those bands. And if I saw them once and they sucked, I was done with them immediately. So it's weird that the live connection kind of made it that for me. Maybe that wasn't so much in the 90s, but it was in the 80s for me anyway. So the live connection, your your relationship with the band from a live perspective sometimes will supersede the relationship that you have, like just driving around listening to their CD or mixtape of that, like that, that counts more to, for you. I don't know if it counts more, but it counts equally. So I'll tell okay. you a perfect example is Steelheart, right? So okay. you hear the first album, you're like, oh, okay, that's some interesting. Oh, wow. That singer can really sing. Okay. All right. The musicianship is, you know, it's what everything else is because it doesn't come out till 1989 oh my god saw steelheart live for the first time homie is hitting every note live yeah and he went from a uh, to my favorite singer of all time immediately yeah. in one show right so there was something about the live aspect i don't know if i get that in my 40s and 50s that i think i was trying to be a musician so that was part of it. I was trying to be in the business. So I was interested in what was happening live. I was booking mm-hmm. gigs for a while, man's bands for a while. So maybe that's why I was kind of interested in it. But yeah, that, that connection was important for me. Okay. Zeus. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Some of those, you know, the singer could be the greatest singer of all time, but if you don't have the songs that move you, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 to me, I, I, I think that, uh, the version of Rat that we saw two years ago, and Warren was in Rat then. He right. played at our show. It was fantastic. And I was thinking, like, shit, are they fucking playing tracks? Because this is way too good. Mm-hmm. They actually were awesome. I thought Stephen Piercy was hilarious. There wasn't, a, like, a, a word out of his mouth in between the songs that wasn't the word fuck. Every two seconds. Oh, yeah. I'm at this fucking place. You guys fucking rock. What a fucking great time this fucking place is. Haven't fucking been here in fucking five fucking years. (laughs) Fucking rock and roll. Fuck. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) But they were really good at that time. Look, obviously, they're they're up there. And you know what? Unfortunately, it's, you know, that we also know the tragic story robin crosby and his drug use i think at that point hair metal glam metal pop metal whatever the fuck we call it was so i don't know it had ballooned into this monster and they probably took their fans for granted oh this will always be here all right we didn't have a good show tonight we'll get them the next time like you know but you piss people off and all of a sudden, this new wave of new style of hard rock music comes in called grunge, and they're like the polar opposite of that. And then you're like, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't have been like that. Maybe we should have been like, you know, top notch or work. And it changed everything. So I, it sucks that you didn't see a good version of them live. I've heard horror stories of them live, but I've also heard some good ones. And I've seen them perform pretty well. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess it's a mixed bag, uh, you know, from what you're saying. Tom, any other thoughts before we start talking about the album? 
it was just a weird time for we, we kind of covered this, but just to chime in. So it was a weird time because the album came out in 1990. And, you know, at that time for me, I was like, oh, yeah, Rat, they're still around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Loving you's a dirty job. OK, that's kind of a cool song. But like I was into I was I was into Metallica. I was still listening to Master of Puppets, Justice for All. Tesla was on my radar real. And the big thing was Kiss was back in my life because of Hot in the Shade. And I had just mm-hmm. seen them that summer. And I was in high school. I was still listening to a lot of rap. I was listening to Public Enemy all the time and NWA and all that stuff. So like Rat was like, oh, yeah, Rat, oh, they're still around. I didn't know that. And again, from the radio, I knew a handful of the songs that were on this album. But for me, it was kind of like, it's funny saying this now, but I'm like, oh, yeah, Rat, they're like has-beens. Meanwhile, I'm listening to Kiss's new album or like, but... <laughs> So it was just a different perspective for me where I was back in those, back in those days, you know, back in those days, there was just so many, there was so much music to consume at that time from all different genres. It was like the end of hair metal for certain bands, but the the strong bands like Tesla was still putting out stuff. Kiss was back. Metallica was in, you know, pop rock popular, like rap was, there was so much going on that a band like rat after some of those albums that weren't great, you know, reach for the sky or whatever. Then this comes in and it, it does have some good songs and we're going to get into it. I mean, the, the album probably deserved better than it got, I think. So when Rat was in its heyday and most popular, you probably say there's about 10 to 15 acts it was competing with. Now, I'm not saying yeah. there wasn't more of those pop metal kind of bands out there performed, but in the limelight with MTV, there was them, Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, those kind of pop metal kind of bands were out there obviously iron maiden judas priest and all that stuff were out there in kiss but i don't think that was in the com talking about that la kind of they were up there by the time detonator comes out mm-hmm. they are one of like 200 bands that yep. are competing with mtv and all that stuff and i think they let their guard down and let things slip a little bit so now when they release it the hardcore fans like me will buy their album but now they're competing with a whole new Tricksters and fucking I don't know Pretty Boy Floyd's like everybody's Out here at this time This is probably like at its High point of like uh, At the point where people are like Are you fucking kidding me who's this new band Who's this new most requested Video in the uh, Everything that was like hair metal or different Style or a new band Was obviously top 10 or top 20 on most requested they were just coming in quick and fast. And these guys got pushed to the side, considered probably old. And meanwhile, Kiss is doing this stuff too, trying to compete in this market with all these young acts. But Kiss had the hardcore fans. Rat never had the fan base like Kiss. They had some, but they had a hard time competing. And I think that's what, what, what happened, unfortunately. And, uh, this album gets kind of overlooked. Didn't for me, but anyway. Yeah, so and that's my say something. Yeah, and that's my point exactly. Is you're looking at a, you know, I'm at 17, 18, 19, 20 at this point, right? Yeah. This is that's my age. So you're competing for my dollar. I'm I'm your base customer, right? I'm the customer you want yeah. there and you want me to bring my girlfriend there. That's that's the whole point, right? So all these guys are competing for the dollar. I'm at this point especially by the time I see him for the first time in 89, I'm either at the stone, the Omni, the one step beyond cactus club, Kyle palace, Conquer pavilion, Arco arena, like a shoreline amphitheater three, four times a week. 
Do you realize, Rat, how much competition you have right now? Yeah. Right? And then you come and you got the, what the fuck are you guys? What are you doing? <laughs> right? So it's like, or Ace falling off the stage with completely ruined it for Tone, right? Because he had never seen Ace. And Ace yeah. falls off the stage the same time frame, <laughs> right? It's like, so he loses it about Ace for the rest of his life. You know, it's kind of the same thing is that you're you're in my bang zone of my musical taste forever competing for my dollar and you're not at your best. And unfortunately you were at your best when I was 15, 16 years old and I had no money. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. one, one last thing before we move but on to like, before oh, you do anything, I don't yeah, think yeah. anybody wants to be in Sonny Pooney's bang zone. <laughs> <laughs> What's so so like la- detonate? you're my bang zone go ahead tom one one last thing before we move on to like the album artwork i think two of the i think the problem with rat and this is always a gamble for bands is that they made a clear clear effort to to change their sound and try to compete with what was going on at that time by bringing in desmond child and having diane warren and john bon jovi and that is a risky move for a band that made their bones with sleaze and dirtiness and rat was not a ballad band. They were not a pop anthem band. Their songs were always gritty and dirty and sleazy in LA. And that's what got them there. So I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know what the right decision is, but in 1990, you're like, shit, can we make another out of the cellar? Or should we be competing with now that poppier Def Leppard Bon Jovi poison sound? They did that. Some people loved it, and other people like, ah, oh, these guys are just trying to hang on, and who knows what that did for them. I mean, again, there were some big songs off of this album, and we'll, we'll get to them, but you know, that, that's a tough thing for a band that, that, whose first album came out about 10 years prior. Yeah. So let's talk about this artwork. So you got the cover. You have the famous rat logo on the bottom, mm-hmm. and then it's look some, it looks like, I don't know, the planet of Naboo from Phantom Menace or something. Yeah. Yep. And a big like blue, I don't know if that's a target sign, a, a Saturn with rings, a planet, I don't know what it is, but it's just I, I have no idea what this is. It seems yeah, like it, it's it, something that's like uh shooting out lasers and it's the thing that's destroying everything around it. Maybe. Yeah, it's right. really it's really like for lack of a better word, it's really like crude artwork like it's hard to decipher you know it looks like the building it looks like a destroyed building like the ruins of a building and then that blue thing is supposed to be uh, uh, the the remnants of some kind of explosion or or a a nuclear bomb thing it's weird and then we want to talk about it that alternate artwork that kind of makes more sense yeah because it's like a zoom in of the front right with the lady and her fingernails and about to hit the rat logo, I guess, or the the alternate R on the rat logo yep. to detonate whatever's going on. So she's probably about to hit the button, I guess. And the button and the button actually says detonator on it. Isn't so that you, the same Robin logo? Isn't that the Robin logo too? Oh, Batman the design that's on the button. Yeah. And if, it, if people don't know what we're talking about, I'm assuming that that must be an import or something because that's not the American version of the album artwork. With yeah, because yeah, I'm like, what are you guys talking yeah, about? Yeah. That's yeah. not on the album, right? But there's if you go if you Google Rat Detonator album artwork, you'll see the alternate artwork, and it looks like it's I think it's a European import, yeah. and it has the artwork that we're referring to. But then in, but then over on top of that is a woman's 
hand fingernails painted with her pressing a, a button and it says detonator on it. That makes more sense to me because you're kind of getting the point. I don't know what, I don't know why they chose to do one or the other because the American version, if, if, if that other one is import, just seems like weird. It doesn't even have the album title on it. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you this though. I think it might have to do some tie-in with those horrible videos they got. Oh, this. Jesus. We'll get to those. I can't oh. wait for that. Yeah. Maybe it's something to do with that. And yeah. Like spaceship and. Yep. And fucking. God, I don't know. Yeah. Don't it, know. It, it's a, it's not, it's not, it's not out of the cellar. It's not invasion of your privacy. Those, those are iconic. I and mean, I have the, the original CD. Okay. So you open it up. Yep. Then they got a picture of the band. <laughs> Dude, I got a bowl. I got a serious bone. So, picture. yeah. Okay. So, about this picture, they definitely got caught up in Seinfeld's low flow showers because <laughs> Bobby Blotzer's hairdo. What, what the fuck that, is that? <laughs> he looks like he's completely out of place compared to the other four, right? Like the other four, I think, look cool. And I think Bobby looks weird. <laughs> look at the hairdo. Like you what jumped in that? late. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just whatever. And you know, it, you could tell it's a changing of the times. This is not very glammy. Now it's stripped down yep. jeans, you know, kind of open shirts. And is that a clockwork or clockwork orange shirt that, uh, Robin's wearing there? Yeah. That kind of does look like, does it? Yeah, it is. Yep. And, he, and he's got his jeans hiked up, wiping his pancreas. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Yeah, and then Stephen Piercy has his typical, like, here's my shirt off. I'm in Playgirl magazine. and Looks like he's trying to do a Chris Cornell impersonation. Well, he came Uh, out first. Right. No, I know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's always been different and a weird kind of guy. Yep. Um, But, yeah, it's a band picture. And uh, inside, you got the lyrics and all the comments and all this stuff. And so, my we'll bone to pick yep. is at the bottom of the poster. Okay, so you list the five albums that are available. Mm-hmm. You didn't list them in alphabetical order, and that's not in release order. So, what Uh-oh. order did you list them in? Somebody fucked up Invasion with right. Dancing Undercover. If How you many just people switched checked those... this before it printed, though, N- nobody. Yeah, I, just, I hate this lazy <laughs> shit. Yeah. So you don't you ha- you have a personal problem, but they're canceling shows on you. They're <laughs> fucking up their liner notes. Lazy. <laughs> they got the low flow shower heads. <laughs> from what I hear, the Serbs are fanatic about their showers. Not from the footage <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> oh uh, man! They yeah. use this one for elephants. Yeah, I love those yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's want... the one. That's the one we want. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that one. <laughs> it's for the elephants, the circus. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's the album cover. I don't know what to make of it. I'll uh, tell you right now. When I saw this album artwork, I was excited to do album artwork rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why later when we get to uh, that. We'll get to that. All right. Yep. So a, a little bit of the facts on this album. It was their fifth studio album, not including the EP. It was released August 21st, 1990. It's gold. 
It was produced by Desmond Child and his personal sound engineer, Arthur Payson. Now, the thing that I found interesting, if you look at, that's Wikipedia stuff, but if you look at the album itself, the liner notes in here, it says, produced and recorded by Sir Arthur Payson for Desmobile Productions. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, you got Stephen Pierce, lead guitar. Warren D. Martini does the lead acoustic and slide. Robin Crosby, guitars. Juan Crucia, bass. And Bobby Blotz. Blotz. <laughs> I fucking hate that shit. It, you know, talk about stuff that, are, you know, just annoy the shit. Oh, what's the fucking doctor's trouble? Wild Mick. Oh, settle down. Oh yeah, wild Mick Brown. Oh, you're crazy. Ooh. <laughs> oh, call me blots. Oh, okay. Fucking bozos. Can we and, talk about real quick about Juan Cruciate's <laughs> insufferable stage antics for anybody that's seen Rat Lot? Dude, the guy thinks he's doing like a Blues Brothers presentation. He's like, ooh, ooh. He's like dude, you're in Rat. Okay, you're you're not you're doing a Rat album here. Act like it. When we yeah, saw yeah. him at the Hampton Beach Ballroom, he was so distracting from all the great music and Steven. I'm like, <laughs> I can't stop looking. I want to punch him in the fucking head right now. So they yeah. have a they have a, a deal worked out. So Juan and Steven got a deal worked out. Steven says, I'm never gonna move, and anything I do is gonna be in slow motion because I'm hammered. Juan, <laughs> I need you to do two times the moves. To make up for my lack of movement. It's so bad. It's so bad. And anybody who's seen Rat in Concert, please chime in because it's like distracting. And and the movements are not rock and roll movements. No, they're kind of embarrassing. Like, oh, remember the behind the music on VH1 when they did it and they were all talking. Even the band members were making fun of them. They had like, (laughs) they had a list. They were running down the list and they named the moves that he does and they were mocking him. Like, oh, God, that's not really nice. Nope. But I had, I, I, so I had to get that in there. Oh, you were ahead, talking sorry. about Robin. And uh, so yeah. I've got uh, Stephen Piercy's book, Sex, Drugs, Rat and Roll, My Life in Rock. And I wanted to read you a piece of the book for sure. Robin playing on the guitar, right? Oh, so yeah. It says, uh, that nice. Robin was falling apart. He was frustrated and often sobbed. His fingers were swollen and he was moving slowly and clumsily. For the first time, you can notice the beginnings of a belly swelling over his belt. I can't play, man. I can't fucking play. And I would say, what do you mean, man? That sounded pretty good. The fuck it did, yelled Robin. Everybody's lying to me, and I swear I'm sick of it. I'm over it, man. You guys know I suck, and why don't you just say so? He had never been an angry guy before. Now he could snap into a rage at a drop of a hat. In seconds, the outburst would turn into shame. And he'd apologize, breaking down in tears. It was scary. The real Robin was in there somewhere, but he was buried underneath a lot of layers. He couldn't even make it recording the album. He went off to rehab for the first time instead. He mumbled, I got to do it. Sorry. You guys can see I'm starting to lose my fucking mind. We were all supportive. Dude, it's the best thing for you. We'll see you outside clean. Robin asked, can you wait for me to finish the album? How could I tell him no? That would be heartless. A guy, a guy inside, wait, a guy inside needing something to hope for, to motivate him. Sure. I said, not a problem. Needless to say, we didn't wait. 
Warren came into the studio in a matter of days. He recorded all of Robin's parts. Easy as that, as much as it killed me. So, wow. They wanted to wait. They couldn't. Somebody said they couldn't. Maybe it's Desmond saying, hey, he's not that great right now anyway. Let's just Robin play all the parts and we'll deal with it when he comes back. Wow. Right? But I didn't know that until I got the book. Yeah. They they stole that move from the Eagles when uh, (laughs) they wrote Victim of Love and Don Felder's like, this is my song. I'm going to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, why don't you go grab us some beers and come back? They're like, fuck it, Don, sing it. <laughs> they fucking recorded it without him. Even though it was Don Felder's song, they fucking let Don Henley sing it. He's like, it's Don Henley's in my band. Sorry, you're not singing. <laughs> but that's what they did. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Don't worry. Just finish your rehab. Warren, get on the fucking guitar. <laughs> wow. yeah, that sucks. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, now it's funny because, you know, we all know the story and stuff. Unfortunately, he, you know, had to leave the band. He had a major, major heroin addiction and uh, drugs were really breaking down. And he used to be kind of like the leader. He was the first of the original band members that joined Stephen Piercy when they used to be called Mickey Rat. And he was like a co-lead player, wrote a lot of their music in the beginning. And he just fell into the background. Warren just took over and he became the rhythm player. And I think that fucking ate him. And, uh, and then, uh, eventually he catches AIDS and, uh, passes away. Sadly. Um, it's a, it's a tragic story. And he was a, a really likable guy from all accounts by all other bands at the time. And a ladies, man, a good looking guy, young guy, full of life. And, uh, it's a pretty tragic story, but, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this was all kind of going on when this album came out. Yep. Um, the album, you know, Robin <clears throat> dies 2002, so not much, still 12 years afterwards, but it's tragic still. This is the last album with him and Juan in the classic um, um, rat uh, lineup. Yep. They never obviously do anything else again because later on when you eventually go and see, you know, the video for... And they released for the soundtrack of uh, Point, Break. Point Break. Thank you. Point nobody Break. Rides, nobody Rides yeah, for Free. Nobody Rides for Free. He's not even in the video or anything like that. I don't even right. know if he played on it. But uh, unfortunately, that was it for them. The album, as I said, did go gold. It was uh, the last of the five. And it was the end of an era, kind of. And this yeah. one, this is kind of one of the reasons <clears throat> why I want to take this album. And uh, anything else before we get into the tracks? Nope, ready to go Okay, well, we need something to let us get into the album So let's have an intro Ugh Thank you. 
Okay, so the intro to Shane, like, I get it if it's Ingve, Eddie, right? Some of these folks that some would consider guitar gods, maybe some people that don't. I don't know if anybody considers Warren D. Martini or Robin Crosby to be guitar gods. I think they're great. I think they were important for the 80s, but they're not the names that roll off the tongue usually when you're talking about top 10 guitarists out of the 80s, which Warren probably deserves to be on that list, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. To do an intro that's just kind of not part of the song is a little weird. I actually like what Warren's doing, though. I just think that sustaining guitar thing that he's got in the background is just too loud. Right? Just turn that down a little bit. This thing actually works. I actually enjoyed this intro more than some of the other intros that we've talked about in past albums. So, Tommy? Two problems with this. A, it's too long. Um, and B, it annoys me that it's an actual separate track. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Cut it in half and make it part of the next song because I like it. I, I, I think it's I think it's a cool, moody way to start an album, especially when it when it goes into the the actual the the, the true lead off song. I, I think that's cool. But to have it be one minute long in its in its own track is just I, I, just uh, to me unnecessary. But I, but I, I I like it. It just cut it in half. So, you know what I think of when I think of this? The beginning of Dr. Feelgood. But Dr. Feelgood did the same thing. They called it Terra in Tinseltown, TNT. So maybe Rat's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, too. We'll just call it Intro to Shame and make it a separate track. So maybe this was a thing back then. I don't know. But for me, it's a waste. Yep. Why are you giving a fucking track number? Come on. And you're yep. going to kill me in the rankings now with this <laughs> fucking intro. It has to be a something we rank. It's yep. it's just, there's no point to it. There's nothing in it like that's like, oh, wow. And it's not like a fucking cool buildup or something. It's just, I don't know. I don't think they really need anything into it. So let's go into the real beginning of this album. Hit it. Yeah. 
So shame, 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 or shame cubed. Anyway, um, so the first two things that hit me right away is that guitar riff is amazing. And honestly, all the guitar fills he's doing, like in the second part of the verse, everything basically Warren is doing is incredible. I'll get to the guitar solo in a second. Then the other thing is the drums sound so crisp and huge right out of the gate, which is really, really cool. I love the chorus in this song. I love the pre-chorus in this song. I li- I even like it when Stephen goes, shame, 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 right? Like he's doing that mm-hmm. second shame a little bit different. Like that's very Desmond Child. Um, there's one thing I'm glad he did in the mix, and then there's one thing I'm not glad he did in the mix. Piercy's not super loud. Thank you. Okay. Warren D. Martini's solo is too low in the mix. What the fuck? Like it needs to pierce through the music. Like the drums were piercing through the music at the beginning. And for some reason, somebody forgot to turn his guitar solo up for some reason. Uh, all in all, though, uh, I like the song. Okay. I'm going to echo a lot of those points. This, when you, when you start the album off with this, this is what you want. Me personally, as a rat fan, this is what I want from Rat. Just a balls out opener with. Stephen Piercy just at his at his best, that groove that the drums have to carry this song, kind of like that shake shuffle kind of I don't know how you want to describe it. Just a killer riff, a driving, driving rock song. Rat doing what Rat does best. A hooky, hooky pre-chorus into the chorus. Just it's everything you want in a rat song. And kind of uh, a little bit adding to what what Sonny said. This is weird, and I don't know if it's a thing about the times, but the production on this album in general is weird. I don't want I don't want to use the word thin because that's too that's too strong, but it kind of reminds me of some of the issues we talked about when you talk about Kiss Hot and the Shaded Cable, which mm-hmm. came out a year before. You have Warren D. Martin. Like this album should be, I mean, I'm not gonna say that it should be like under lock and key or or a docking album with like with with, with George Lynch's crunch, but Warren D. Martini is like on a leash on this album, I think, with in terms of the tone that he's using. The solo is really good, but Sonny, you say you can't, it's not loud enough and it's not crunchy enough. And that, that kind of is a problem for the whole album. And I don't know if that's Desmond Child's, I don't know if that's his point to, that he doesn't want to make it like a hard rock metal album. So let's, let's temper some of the guitar a little bit and, and make everything even. I mean, I can tolerate it because the song is that good. Yeah. So we're, uh, talking shame, shame, shame. Oh, by the way, the intro is credited to just Warren Demartini, right? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, detonator, intro to shame, and then number two, shame, shame, shame. So uh, this one is written by Warren Demartini, Stephen Piercy, and Desmond Child, who's all over this album. Uh, this is typical rat. Okay, uh, the riff is incredible. Uh, the drum intro kicks ass, and you talked about it, Sonny. It's the guitar fills. It's that lead guitar playing. You got the rhythm guitar going, and then after every line that Steven says, Warren comes in with something real quick, wow, and goes on. And it's so melodic. This is this is my wheel. This is why I love Rat. This is my favorite type. That melodic hard rock music, and they start off this album with that. And that there's also a little bit of a I can't explain. You know, you talked about the shuffle, Tom, but there's the guitar bass part. It's like it's that. Oh, and no, it's not Iron Maiden, but it's that. 
kind of on this song that it's constantly moving yeah. forward that you're you're going along with. And then when that's going on, like that movement, you got Warren comes in every once in a while and, and throwing some lead lick that just kicks ass. The solo was awesome as usual. Um Steven's voice is great. He does the Steven Piercy screech. Oh, he does love I love that. I Me love too. that. Yep. And um but let's get into something else. Oh God. <laughs> let's get into the video. <laughs> God, the special effects are brutal. I saw the video oh, last night. God. I'm like, oh my God. Dude, this I don't know what's better. I, one year ago. Oh, I don't know what's God. better. The video or the Wikipedia description of the video that I shared with you guys last All right, night. Why don't you read that for us? Okay. I think this is fantastic. Wikipedia's description of the shame, shame, shame video. Okay. In the music video for the song, the band members are in an airship. The airship is apparently being attacked by another airship piloted and manned by a crew of strippers. The the band retaliates and is successfully defeating the other airship until one of the women activates a switch called detonator. After doing so, the band's airship blows up and the band members and strippers fall safely from the sky unharmed. The cliffhanger ending is not resolved until the video for the next single, Love and Use a Dirty Job. Oh, man. Dude, the effects. It's like, it kind of reminds me of like when Michael was like five years old and you would take him to like a little kid theme park and he would be on like the toy airplane and you'd be like, <laughs> wee! Like, that's what yeah. Stephen Piercy looked like. Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> it's like watching, uh, was it Double Dragon or Street Fighter? Yeah. And those yeah. games, the, those <laughs> graphics in today's time, it is so fucking bad. Oh. The band, it. the band is, you know, the rest of the band looked kind of normal, but Juan Crucia looks like with his hair back. Oh that was God. the look with the hair back, pulled oh, back. Yes. He looks like Mike Patton from fucking no, uh, Faith No More. Faith yeah. No More, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. And it just, <laughs> I, I, I just, oh my God, they, whatever. But the special effects, and then. <laughs> The parachuting off the fucking thing <laughs> was so embarrassing. And they each make like a stupid, like, oh, like yeah. trying to be funny. Watchers yeah. was the worst. Oh my God. <laughs> and then he jumps and he and he catches onto the stripper that's parachuting <laughs> off. And he's holding on to her and he slips and her and her panties come off. Well, did and you he was hanging on to them. them. And he, he looks looked- up and he smiles as he's falling to the ground. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so then bad. all of the flashing, dude, it was making my head hurt. Yeah. Yes. Flashing in the video. Yes. I was going to have an epileptic seizure yep. like they do from video games. Like, dude, stop doing that. We're not at a disco. Like, I'm not on fucking Molly right now. Like, put that shit off. It was <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Um, the And then. Steven does his ooh, smoldering <laughs> look. He tries to do it to the camera. He's like, ooh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, what a video. All right. Can't wait for the cliffhanger video that we'll yeah. talk about. Oh, I'm dying. I can't I wait to see how this ends. Like, there's nothing in there that says they're strippers. Why, why do you, you think You can even barely see the strippers on the airship until the next video. But yeah, that's like, why I love the Wikipedia <laughs> description. It is implied that they're strippers. From who? <laughs> it's so demeaning. Right. These women in the video are just strippers. <laughs> Anyways, let's get to the next one. Oh, 
loving you's a dirty job. So the strip club song, right? You go to any strip club, you hear this constantly. <laughs> so I was, I remember thinking the other day, I'm like, oh my God, these are Paul lyrics with Gene's attitude. They must have been really pissed at Desmond. It's like, why the hell didn't you bring this to us? This could have been on Hot in the Shade for sure. Um, I love the start-stop of the music. I'm not a huge fan of Piercy's voice. I'll say that several times today. But this melody fits him so well that when it stops and it's just him singing, it he absolutely sells it. And he even does, and Stephen doesn't do, do this often, and maybe this is a Desmond Child thing too. Even at the end of the song, he's doing a little bit of riffing and vocal gymnastics on the fade-out, which he doesn't normally do that. So uh, that's got to be Desmond. That whole... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bridge. That is all Desmond. There's no way Rat writes that at all. Oh, yeah. Um, this song was absolutely swimming in my head all week. I had to be very careful because I had corporate visitors. I was in stores. <laughs> I'm like, somebody asked me, what song are you humming? I'm going to have to lie and come up with a lie before somebody asks because I can't say loving Jews a dirty job since... 90% of them were women this week. <laughs> you should have like grabbed like executive vice president, pulled her in clothes, grabbed her ass and be like, love it. Use a dirty job. Yeah. yeah. I'm the man to do it. Sonny, yeah, right. <laughs> Sonny, this is a recurring problem for you with these bonus episodes. You have these songs swimming in your head and none of them are appropriate. No. <laughs> um, oh, it's appropriate. <laughs> this right here. Perfect. Perfect. Stephen Piercy rat sleaze just that it, it it's like that slithering dirty vibe that only rat in his voice can bring you um and there's a reason why this song is one of the most popular ones yeah I I, I love it. it it's an it's an earworm it's catchy hooky the chorus you even if you don't like the song you can't help but have that chorus stuck in your head far long after you've listened to the song so definitely a standout and uh I I just hurry up Zeus because we gotta get to the cliffhanger video <laughs> <laughs> I got to find out what happened to the implied strippers. Because <laughs> I think they took a bunch of tears are falling and threw it in the video. So we got to get to it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Loving You is a Dirty Job by Warren DiMartini, Stephen Piercy, Juan Crucia, and Desmond Child. Yeah. So I know you say it's sleaze. I know it's that. But I still feel this is the Desmond part of the album. Oh, yeah. The yep. previous song was Old Rat. This is New Rat. And this is the Bon Jovi influence. To me, I, I think of like bad medicine in that kind of vibe at this point uh, okay. that comes off. Uh, it's a nice, fun riff. The song is fun. The lyrics are sleazy cheese. And then I put the same thing, Sonny, the bridge. I love that. I love that bridge. It, it makes this, you know, I always talk about that fine line. There's a fine line of hitting this just right. Desmond Child comes in and hits that fine line with them to make it into the Bon Jovi type of songs mm -hmm. and pulls it over to that like catchy. Wow, this is a well-written kind of song. It could come out to be like kind of cheesy and embarrassingly bad with the title and stuff. But actually those that actual pre-chorus actually brings it bridge brings it over. Um, I'm a big fan of this. And Warren has a kick ass solo. So video time. Go ahead, Tom. All right. What do so they say the, in the video? Here's <laughs> the Wikipedia description. In the music video song, 
the cliffhanger from Shame, Shame, Shame is resolved. Oh, thank God. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Think of the buildup. There's right. a cliffhanger from him falling out of the sky and pulling strippers' pants down. Dude, this description is so awesome. The band performs on what appears to be another planet where the dueling airships from the previous video crashed and landed. They seduce the rival stripper manned airship. Wait, it gets better. They seduce the rival stripper man airship with their hot looks, <laughs> musical abilities, and slick moves. It is implied, this is the best, more implications here. It is implied that they all receive sexual favors from the strippers <laughs> afterwards as a reward. Who wrote this? <laughs> Juan wrote this. That is the, this is Juan's burner account right here. Oh that my is the God. greatest description of a video ever. It is it's so written by somebody that's so brainwashed by rap. Oh, oh yeah. one over with their slick moves and good looks. No, no, hot looks. <laughs> hot looks. <laughs> It is assumed they got sexual. It's <laughs> so bad. You know what the big miss was is at the end of Shame, 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 they should have put To Be Continued. But right. I don't remember seeing that. So Me I didn't either. know that the two videos were linked. Yeah, you didn't know what you were missing. Wow. There was no there was no exciting cliffhanger. But the video, this video, they're just like in like chambers, like somebody's in chambers. Right. And it's just like, next thing you know, they're in like what looks like to be the foxy lady shower room. <laughs> right. Foxy lady, where like, I think like five of my friends have had bachelor parties, including my own. Um, and they would have the shower room. One fucking idiot would get in there and then people would like the chicks would beat them too in the shower. <laughs> oh, yep. That's what I was saying. It's very tears are falling. It just doesn't have all the bright colors, right? But right. there's water, there's it's latex. The it's yeah, chicks. yeah. Yep. Yep. This uh, Stephen Piercy with this <laughs> looks, <laughs> yeah. This was, but overall, I love the song. So yeah. let's go to the, <laughs> let's go scratch that itch. <laughs> So for Scratch That Itch, I wanted to share something I found. Uh, Robin Crosby in an interview in 1990, right? says, uh, when we first decided to work with an outside writer on the album, it was originally planned to be only for a song or two. But once we started working with Desmond, everything flowed so well that we decided to keep him involved in all the songs. But all the songs were written 
by the band prior to Child's involvement. The studio guru put to his touch on many of the arrangements and polished some rough lyrical refrains. So that's from Robin, right? Okay. And it kind of shows up in this song to me because the first part of both verses feels very out of the cellar invasion. But then the second part of both verses like goes to a different place. And it's like, are you trying to write a poison song? Because I'm sorry, I'm not in love with Brett Michaels, but Steven doesn't have that same swagger. And it's like polar opposite of the previous song because to me, it doesn't fit Steven's voice. So this is where I kind of come to a realization of when Warren went to the guitar solo, I'm like, oh, I only really listen to this band because of Warren, right? Here's a perfect example of there's no reason to listen to this song unless Warren is playing because it doesn't really fit Steven. And it really feels like that. uh, What was that uh, pop-up game when you put the square peg into the round hole? What was that? Perfection. Perfection. This kind of feels like Desmond's kind of shoving this thing in, whether it fits or not. Wow. All right. Our, our first good disagreement on this. So uh, these are the kind of songs where I really like Steven's performance with his vocals because he can he ramps up that rasp, that that like that that higher squealy pitched rasp that he can do. I think this I, I love that it's an upbeat song. So you had shame, shame, shame. Then you slowed it down with love and use a dirty job. Then the thing that really sticks out for me is like the the, the hard kick ass chorus. Where the chorus isn't even really melodic. It's just it's just Bobby Blotts are just pounding on the drums as 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 you got that that squeal from Stephen Pierce just saying scratch scratch that itch like I just and then it goes back into the into the verses which have a nice upbeat rat groove to them. So I yeah is the song perfect? No, like you said, Sonny, you could definitely see the Desmond Child's fingerprints on portions of this song, but I think there's still enough of the of the old rat to keep me entertained in this song scratch that itch steven pierce you want cruciate desmond child all right um do you like the, the cowbell in the beginning love it how can you not <laughs> I, love cowbell i was i was waiting for you to say something there i don't like the chorus i think that's the worst part of it. Mm-hmm. it you know me i i don't like you're in the cycle circuit scratch, right, right scratch that itch. yeah but Neither of you brought up the fact scratch that itch. What I love do you it. got? Fucking crabs, <laughs> syphilis of the fucking penis. What do you got? Scratch that itch. That's not a positive thing. <laughs> well, you never oh. know. And if she's got an itch down there, was oh, <laughs> yeast infection, <laughs> oh, vaginal <laughs> sense. Oh, stinks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nice. Oh, put a sticker up there. There's oh. even a line in the song that says, "Love's like a bl- bug that you catch in a snatch." That yeah, anytime, line. In anytime that you can throw that word into a lyric, snatch. I love it. <laughs> it's a, it's such an underused word. So if that's not about crabs, then what is it? Oh my god! That's just. Oh. It's probably yeah. based on some experience he had. Yeah, it does have a real nice solo that goes right back into the song. And I love when the song, when they get, we can do that. We're one step away from the next track. Let's hit it.
So one step away, the softer side of the entity that is Rat. Uh, great drums intro, no doubt about it. Um, and I think the song is really good for a sleaze rock band with a smoother vocal. I think it was on the listen backs where Desmond's like, oh, fuck. Stephen Piercy's our singer. I forgot about this. If I would have gave this to John, it'd be a fucking hit because it's super radio friendly, right? So... I'm sure this is, you know, it's it's shared songwriting credits, but this is mostly Desmond. There's no doubt about this. And this is one of those examples where it just doesn't fit Steven's voice. And even when I saw, I found this uh, interview with Desmond Child and he said, yeah, um, I work with the band. They were classic. And for me, it was all about the message. They weren't really telling stories like Bon Jovi and Aerosmith. It was more balls out, rocking, macho rock, like chauvinistic type stuff. That doesn't even come out in this song. Like, I, it's okay. It, it just didn't wow me. This is a excellently crafted pop metal song for the era. For the exact wrong fucking band, like Sonny said. <laughs> this could have been a... St- spectacular song if Def Leppard or Poison did it, particularly Def Leppard. The way that the, the the melody of the guitars, the choruses, the verse, even the lyrical content. Stephen Piercy, dude, when you're trying to sing like some kind of love song and you go, girl, am I getting through? <laughs> it ain't working, brother. It ain't working. It's it ain't you ain't doing it. It was you the know? eye move. You, you should know? have seen the facial expression. God like, damn, this is in video. It makes like me- when I was like, ah! <laughs> like you know, like like ships in the night. Like, dude, you're Stephen Piercy from Rat. I don't, I don't ever, ever want to hear Rat do a song like this ever again. It, it, it again. It, I can picture Desmond being like, look, I got this song. Poison doesn't want it right now. Def Leppard doesn't want it right now. You hired me. I'm I'm doing let let let's give it a shot. And Sonny will probably like on the playback, Desmond's like, oh fuck. <laughs> this is like Paul Stanley trying to sing Let's Stay Together. This is shit ain't gonna work. Just <laughs> skip it. Skip it. So it, it it's it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work for rat at all. So one step away, written by Stephen Piercy, Bobby Blotzer. Warren D. Martini, Juan Cruciere, 
and Desmond Child. Take what Sonny and Tom said and throw it out the window because they don't know what the you, fuck I, they're talking about. I knew you were going to love this. I love this. Fucking love it. They pulled it off. And no, this isn't meant for Poison. Poison couldn't pull off this. Poison can't pull off shit. They, oh, they, no. They can't pull off anything. They, no. Like, they can't pull off Poison so bad they can't pull off Poison. No, I love Rat, but Stephen Piercy can't be singing this song. No. Oh, absolutely. He hits it. He hits it. And as a matter of fact, Tom, I'm going to get to the part. And if you can see my notes here. <laughs> you have highlighted. Love the Steven Screech. Girl, am I getting it? Oh, no, that <laughs> fucking I love that screech. He put some passion behind there. <laughs> this isn't meant for any of those bands. Def Leppard can't do songs like that. Def Leppard is more popish. This, this is storytelling. Def Leppard doesn't do storytelling type of songs. Oh, that's do. fucking Bon Jovi. This is okay. meant for Bon Jovi. This is not meant for poison. Poison socks. This was meant for Bon Jovi. That's where he was going with this. And I think they fucking hit it. It's very melodic. It's catchy. It's a actual story song. It's like when you hear certain songs on, um, it's like someone not liking someone liking kiss and all of a sudden hearing King of hearts, like, Oh, Paul can't do this song to them. The ear, they're not used to him doing that or kiss writing a song like that. Oh, like silver spoon. What the hell is that? This doesn't go. I can't, Paul can't pull this off. To me, I, I'm a like I love rat. I love. I think they can pull it off. I okay. think the sound is great. Um, the story, the melodies. I love those. Um, the analogies, the the points in the song that those are fucking Desmond Child and Bon Jovi type words. That there's yep. always something in the story that kind of tracks back. It's a melodic rat. The great pre-chorus into the chorus, the back and vocals, the melodic solo. There is one cheesy part though that in the beginning there when he's like, "We just can't get it right." That's so bad. And when the music stops and he says it, and yep. then two days later, I, oh. I love it. I love this song. This song is why I like this album. Type wow. songs like this. Absolutely. I think it works. I think you put you gave them something that they never had, which is somebody that can actually tell them how to write a song and help them write a well-crafted song. Okay. But I love their other style. So this is, you know, you go from um typical rat to Bon Jovi to typical rat back to Bon Jovi style. Let's yep. see what we get on the next one.
hard time. So Piercy definitely has a voice that's recognizable because he's the only person that I can think of that would sing that line doing hot time, right? Like that weird phrasing he has like that. It only works with him. I love that the song starts with a guitar solo because I'm like, all right, Warren, go for it. Um, the melody, the especially in the verses, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but I think there's too many words. It's almost like Steven's rapping, mm. right? It's like cut out every other word or something. Why are you guys in love with everything that's got to be said right now, right? I, um, so that part kind of turned me off a little bit, and then the chorus is just a little boring to me. Like it, it's not – one step away to me is actually written better than this song. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like the Steven kind of rapping thing. And I don't know if that was the intention and that's kind of where the vocal melody landed, but it didn't land in a great place. So this is for me, this is a good recovery from one step away. Cause I, I just was not a big fan. This is kind of like what I like about, about rat kind of get that, that again, that, that sleazy groove, that great drum beat that, that kind of carries it. Sonny, you 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 hit the nail on the head, which was something you you put it into words that I. The verses are too wordy, and, and it's and unless you listen to this song, you're not going to really understand what we're saying. So I'm, even with earbuds in, I, I went for a run yesterday and I was listening to this album again. I'm like, I, I, I have earbuds and I don't know what he's saying. It's like hey, 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 it's like this, you're trying to say too many things with not enough time to say them, and there's no need for it. And then by the time you get to the chorus, it's like hard time. I'm like. Oh, so you were just talking about bad stuff because the chorus is called Hard Time. Okay, I get it. I mean, other than that, I like the song. This is kind of what I want from Rat. Dirty, Stephen Piercy with it, doing the things that he's that he's strength has the strengths with vocally. But yeah, you you said it you put it into words for me. Just the 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 verse is just too wordy and it just kind of takes away because I like what the band is doing musically in this song. Hard Time written by Warren D. Martini, Stephen Piercy, Desmond Child. So They've been alternating. They go back to rat, except that yeah, there are a lot of words in this. For instance, won't even let you sleep on the floor anymore. Like, who the fucking fits right. that in that previous letter? <laughs> right. <Running down, laughs> kissing the ground, and your friends downtown won't even let you sleep on the floor anymore. Right. <laughs> like he is not known as a wordsmith. So this right. is Esmond kind of coming in and helping them. I'm used to you should know by <laughs> now. That's what I want to hear. You should know by now. That yep. is. So this is one of the reasons I wanted to do Rat. This is like kind of like Rat has always had that special place for me where we always laugh about like the fucking the clapping and the and the fucking the the what do you call it the back and forth swaying back the and swaying. Forth. Back you mean the slick moves? Yeah, and yeah, it's the, hot looks. It's the, all of a sudden, like the shot through the heart. It's the you should know. Yep. But, and it's in this whole album and stuff. This is, I think, one of Jimmy's, our buddy Jimmy, our good friend, uh, favorite. And we always talk about this album. And this is part of the stuff that we, you know, you kind of get into that rat sound. But on this song, it's old school rat, a little, a little like lay it down without that many words. But the song is about being busted and broke as a joke, which is kind of like, okay, where's the part that you're like banging the girl on the floor or something like, like, this is just about being broke. Like that doesn't right. sound like rat. Yep. Where's the girls in the song? Like, exactly. what? There's a nice riff to it. A nice Steven vocal. The solo is always good because it's worn, but um, yeah, 
that's a hard time. Let's go. Let's let's let's. It's time to flip the switch back to a Bon Jovi song. Literally. Heads I win, tails you lose. You know, John Bon Jovi's doing the backing vocals here. <laughs> I'm listening to the song the other day. I had not really figured out all the lyrics yet. I look at the lyrics kind of before we record, right? I'm like, did he just say, I may not be a doctor, but you're as sick as the flu? Like, oh my God, dude, you guys are fucking reaching right now to Seriously. rhyme words. That's yep. worse than Ace. Like, that's bad. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, it figures that John's involved in this because it really does sound like a Bon Jovi throwaway, right? That's mm. like, yeah, we're not doing that. Song. They recorded it and go, yeah, Desmond, no. Sell no. that to somebody else. We're not yep. doing that song. I like the verses better than the chorus because in the chorus, normally that that delayed heads I win, right, that's happening with a backing vocal, which is just like a second after the lead person saying heads I win that usually super works for me. Usually for mm -hmm. me, that's an earworm for some reason. It doesn't work in the song for me. And I don't know what it is. I tried it because I don't know what the fuck Bon Jovi's saying. I've had this thought in my head since fucking 1990. And this album came out and I've been yeah. waiting for someone to tell me it does not sound like Bon Jovi is saying heads. I heads win. Like, I have no idea what he's saying. It sounds like, he sounds like he's dying. It doesn't no, sound no. like he says heads. I win. I don't hear it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. That's one of the saying. leads going heads. I win till you lose. Right. And after yeah. heads, I win. He's immediately about a second delay saying heads. I win. It yeah. sounds like he's saying heads. I die. It's not, it doesn't no. sound like win. I don't hear the win part of it. Yeah, That's yeah. it. And then the guitar yep. solo and the outro solo are amazing. Like Warren. Yep. One of the things I realized on this song, I'm like, oh, this is very interesting because there's no Robin. So Warren can pretty much lay down the foundation of how he wants the rhythm track to be and be thinking about it live going, oh, I can add this, 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 while Robin's just playing and he's just going, right? I'm going to have the second guitar live with me anyway. I can lay down anything I want right now, and it doesn't have to be super complicated. And I think Warren took advantage of that a little bit. Yeah, you kind of hinted at this. Um, this, this is a, a you know a popular rat song for a reason, hooky, catchy. But I don't like the chorus. It's I, I like everything about this song except the chorus and kind of like that little bridge. I think the verses are perfect. Rat S Stephen Piercy sounds good. It has a it has a good groove to it, a good vibe to it. And then you throw in that earworm, that pop metal, catchy, hooky chorus that 
I get it. I just don't like it. It's a, it's the weak spot in the song for me, which is a problem for me. If the chorus is a weak spot, sometimes I can tolerate a weak verse here and there, but if the chorus is, is weak, that makes it um, a struggle for me, but I like the song. Um, you know, again, I think, I, I think the Sonny, you said the solo is, is great, but uh, the chorus is kind of a, eh. I, I get what they were trying to do with it, with the John Bon Jovi and the poppy stuff, but it's just kind of the weak spot for me. But other than that, Verses are great. Steven sounds awesome. Uh, heads I win, tails you lose. So Warren crap. Demartini, <laughs> Steven Bearsey, and Desmond Child. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I want to do this album. Songs like this, One Step Away, it is a different rat. And I love this. I love the Bon Jovi addition to this. It's a, bo- it's a harder Bon Jovi album, kind of, to, for me. That is, it's Desmond Child all written all over this. This is this is their let's put the X in sex. This is exactly that. And it follows that line. So let me let me prove the point. You know, like Paul Stanley is fucking going, what the fuck, Desmond? Yep. I, you didn't get lines like this. I may not be a doctor, but you're sick as a flu. I may not be a Sherlock, but you ain't got a clue. May not be a preacher, but I'll tell you the truth. May not be a surgeon, but I'll cut you right through. Fucking love. <laughs> Great Lord. lyrics. These are fucking so cheesy. They're like, you know, they're let's put the X in sex by rat. They're, yep. they're, it follows that line, and it's that line right across. Do you go too much? Nope. They're right there. They hit it. I think this hits it out of the park. I love the chorus, but I, like I said, I have a problem that I could never understand what Bon Jovi's singing in the back. It always felt like he's saying something like the word die in it. Hands I, I, I can't hear the wind part of that spark. And I, 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 I fucking love, I know those guys had a huge friendship, Bon Jovi with Rat in the early days of touring together and things like that. And then Rat kind of helped Bon Jovi in the beginning and then Bon Jovi's like, yeah, go over here, little brother. But he still returns the favor and comes around. And you know that they talked and probably said, hey, why don't you bring Desmond over? And why don't you go work with these guys over here? They're my friends. And they uh, they had a pretty good style. Oh, yeah. that In theory, you're like, okay, that'll probably be a nice combination. They're already melodic and they got their distinct style. Maybe if we have Desmond to him, he can make, make them hit, get a big hit again, like round and round. But they weren't known. They were known for a harder rock song. They didn't get known for "Home Sweet Home." So adding Desmond doesn't like it. It brings them down from their harder sound, and maybe that alienated some people. But I love it. This is so fucking catchy. I love the chorus and lyrics, and it's just very Desmond Child. The song, very Desmond Child, and I think uh, he's one of the reasons why I like his contributions to a lot of the Kiss material. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't realize either that Robin Crosby contributed a little bit to John Bon Jovi's Blaze of Glory album too. So there's a little bit of connection there too. I didn't. I didn't know that until we started doing some research on this album. I didn't know there was a connection there as well. So that's kind of interesting too. Yeah, and there's of course, like it's almost like it's redundant to say yeah, and there's a nice Warren solo. But the fact is, like you're right, Sonny. Like I think he he's so used to doing what Robin does. He's like, oh, I can just do this, and then let me have my fun with my own stuff. Like I'm creating for both of us. Oh, that's awesome! And I can just tell him, this is what I really wish you would just play over here. Here you go. Just have fun with this over here. I got this for you, and now yeah. I'm gonna have this and get to do all that. I think it. I think it worked, and I think this is 
His lead licks are just phenomenal and they're catchy and melodic. And that's what I, I love about this kind of era and this type of music. So let's go to the next one. nothing basically way cool junior's little brother here right i mean it's it's the <laughs> same vein um i like the verses better than the chorus i'm gonna get into a second of why uh again a great guitar solo and that song just kind of has a cool groove all the way throughout and i remember going who the hell is doing those crazy vocals that's miriam val she was in a band called desmond child and rouge from the 70s so mm-hmm. that's that's how that's mm-hmm. the connection they got Here's my problem with the chorus. It has to have a different feel than the verses, and it just kind of goes. And you don't know what the difference is. Like, oh, did the chorus start now? Oh, he's saying all or nothing. So I guess the chorus stands out. And the problem with Steven's voice is he can't do that with his range. He can't do that with the dynamics of his voice. He can't do it on his own. So you have to help him along with some sort of transition that gets you to the chorus. And when you don't write that, the chorus just gets lost in the mix, and that's what the problem is for this song for me. Oh, a couple problems with this song. Um, <laughs> I, I, here's how the conversation went, I think. Desmond approached the band and said, hey, guys, remember that horrible song you had that for some reason was a hit called Way Cool Junior? Let's remake that song, but let's make it so much worse, and let's make sure that it's really bad. I'm going to throw 
horrific gospel singing in at the end of it. I'm going to I'm going to create an outro to this song that is so bad that no one's going to forget how bad this song is. The song is just not good. It's just not good. It it, it like you said it is Way Cool Jr's little brother. I don't like Way Cool Jr, so I don't like his little brother. I just just <laughs> nothing about this song that I like. This is ju- this is a this is a dead spot for me on this album pretty much all the way across the board. And there's not a lot of dead spots on this album at all, but all or nothing for me just uh, just a weak attempt to try to kind of revi- revisit, you know, Way Cool Jr. And I, I don't like that song, so I sure as shit don't like this one. You don't like Sonny, so you're not going to like Danny either. If you don't no, like I like Sonny, you a little you bit. Like I, I, I like you a little bit. Danny seems like a nice a nice kid, so I think I like him even more. <laughs> um, way, way Cool Jr. Written by, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all gonna, all you- or Nothing, not the White Snake All or Nothing. Which is much uh, better. Uh, Warren D. Martini, Robin Crosby, Stephen Piercy, Terry Kilgore, and Desmond Child. Oh. Do me a favor, Google Terry G- Kilgore. So I try to g- uh, Google him. Just Google him right now. I don't know who he is, but it's but on the right side is a picture. I guess this guy used to be a member of Virginia House of Delegates. He's got the biggest, thickest. Porn mustache. That I've seen. I just There's no funny. way that's the same guy. No, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dude, he looks like a game show host from like the seventies. <laughs> I, I just, I was trying to see if I could find anything about him, but this small politician from Virginia comes up. <laughs> Wink Martindale shows up. Fucking Dean Bill Bobber from exactly yes with that mustache. I'm just I just I don't know why I found it funny to fucking this guy, but anyways, and Desmond Child wrote this song, All or Nothing. Uh, I put I didn't call it it's little brother. I called it Way Cool Junior Part Two. Uh, Sleazy bluesy. I like the lyrics. I love the delivery. Um, I ain't ever gonna back that fucked up scene. Oh, man. Oh, they throw a fuck in the the lyrics. Wow. This is a little bit more mature rat. A nice, really long solo by Warren. I think he shines on this song. And then I think at some point, Desmond Child said to them, hey, guys, you know, I'm good friends with Paul Stanley. And if you haven't heard, I I had some help on them on their last album. And they get a great track on that last album they did. It's called Silver Spoon, and I'm actually friends with Nell Carter, so she'll come on, and she can do a part in this song. I don't know why Nell Carter makes an appearance at the end. Yes, I know it's not Nell Carter, Um, but Desmond Child brings his rouge uh, to perform at the end of this, and it's like Silver Spoons. I don't know. but Why is that there? Like, Like, you're rat. Why do you want being different? I think they're trying to add some, a little bit more texture, be a little bit more mature. Why is, why is it in silver spoon? I, oh, I say the same thing so for the same thing. Probably, that the, you're best comments, the, probably the best song on the album. You throw that in there. Okay. But same thing, but you're used to it. Right. So for me, I don't know, maybe it'll work on you, but maybe when we first listened to silver, uh, silver spoon and King of hearts and all that stuff back in hot in the shade, in, in a lot of the long-term fans, like, what the fuck is this? Oh, this isn't him. He, they can't do this. They can't. Me and you love it. We're used yep. to it. I love that shit. Yep. 
I got used to this and I love this, them going on a limb and trying something different. You, you say, you know, the hits, you know, the rat sound. This is not the rat typical sound that you hear. So no. to you, it might be a little bit different. I yeah. like it. I think it's great. Okay, um, cool. And that's all or nothing. Next. Can't wait on love. I am a sucker for a good start to the song, right? That all, I can't wait on. I can't wait on. I can't wait on that. I'm always hooked on that. <laughs> the lyrics are cheesy as fuck. This is, these lyrics are worse than bang, bang, you. I'm sorry. I like bang, bang, you lyrics Nothing. better than this. Nothing's <laughs> the song's catchy, very eighties, super radio friendly. I think it's the best guitar solo on the album. I think this is Warren's best solo. Uh, Could have been a hit in 86, 87. This most likely would have been the single if this thing comes out four years earlier. Song has good energy. It rocks. Bang, bang, you lyrics are better. Oh, Jesus. Cut that that clip because you're never going to hear anybody say that ever again. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you pretty much said, except for one thing. I don't like that the song starts off with him screaming the name of the song. I don't like that he starts off with, can't wait. I don't, I don't like that. I don't know why. I mean, I, but once the song gets going, I fucking love the groove. I lo- Again, those the drum beat, they're very unique rat-like drum beats. The pattern that they're using with the cymbals and the bass drum, the, it, it, it creates like a shuffle drive to the song. And this is another one that has it. And I love it. I think the, the this is this is a standout track. It's too bad it's buried near the bottom of the album. But yeah, the, the, this this is everything that I want in a rat song. Um, really, really good groove. Awesome solo. You said it, Sonny. Awesome solo here. Definitely a standout on the album for me. Can't wait on love. Written by Robin Crosby, Juan Cruciad, Warren Demartini, Stephen Piercy, Blots. <laughs> and Desmond Child. So the whole band in Desmond Child wrote this song. Uh, it's old school rat. It's got the nice guitar in the beginning. And I love that you can always pick out the rhythm and the lead. Yep. They're not just duplicating himself. Warren's doing his own little thing and he's extenuating, like in between the lyrics and stuff and adding something in a groove. I, I, I love that. And it's got a nice chorus. 
and it's got the usual typical Warren solo. I don't think it's it's nowhere near the best solo on this album. It's it's a good, fun, catchy song. It's a good yeah. rat song, typical yep. rat song. Let's go to the next track, which is something we've probably never heard from Rat before. So I just want to start by saying it's been great to be on Shout It Out Loudcast. <laughs> I knew this was because my thoughts on this song may end the run. Um, I remember hearing Giving Yourself Away the first time, and I'm like, oh, my God, Piercy is about to do so tired. We are in big trouble because these type of songs to me are all about the vocalist. And Steven sounds like shit. It's it's like bad Lita Ford. I mean, it's <laughs> right. Yeah, you should. What is bad Lita what, Ford? Like, bad Lita Ford's worse Lita Ford than it already is. <laughs> like that that bad. You ever see, heard Lita Ford sing a sing a slow song? Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. Um, I, I say you know this type of song like sell it to Vixen and move on. Like even Warren couldn't save the song. Now the wild part about it is like Diane Warren is credited and i like better nails turn on the night you make me rock hard when i see you smile like i normally really like diane warren songs this one is worse than nothing can keep me from you this is that bad like (laughs) this is really really bad oh yeah i'm not gonna argue with you too much this is fucking horrific and it's not horrific because of Steven's oh. vocals. It is horrific because it is a trash heap of a song. It's it. No one could make this song good. It's just a, it, no, it's a, it's a catastrophe of a song. And like you said, Diane Warren was trying so hard to give rat up their first real legitimate pop power ballad. And this was just a collapse. And, 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 
to have it be so bad with Stephen Piercy's vocals that is not suited to this kind of song just makes it a double whammy of a mess. And I, I never liked this song when it when it was popular when it came out. Listening to this, I realized how much worse it is after twenty years. It's oh, thirty years, whatever fucking year we're in right now. I don't even know. Um, it's just not good at all. Giving Yourself Away, written by Stephen Piercy, Diane Warren, and Desmond Child of Armageddon fame. Right? Wasn't that her? Yeah, I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, exactly. And and what was the other favorite song they they he did she did with uh that's very similar to that done by Kiss? What was that again? Your favorite song, Sonny? What nothing nothing can keep keep me from you? (laughs) Which is better than this song? Dumpster fire. Oh, the two of you guys can go fucking ride a big spike, hairy cock, and it will feel better than listening to this song. <laughs> I'll tell you that I'm right gl- now. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you'll enjoy yourself at least. Yep. Why does it have to be hairy? Like I don't because <laughs> I would it makes rather me think that makes me think that it'd be even grosser. That's all. I would rather experience discomfort on that part of my body than experience discomfort in my ears from listening to this song again. Oh, you guys are so fucking <laughs> ridiculous. This song is awesome. <laughs> awesome. My God, I just took a sip of water, almost just destroyed my computer by oh, spitting it all out. I don't know what you're talking about. You just call this, this song awesome? It is. It's absolutely <laughs> awesome. Oh. This is their first power ballad. I didn't even think that was Steven in the beginning because I never thought that was him. I thought it was some other band member singing. It does not sound like him. So that's how much I'm used to him singing a, a ballad song. I, I couldn't tell. The hey reminds me of the fucking <laughs> Eddie Jay Murphy. Brown. Yeah, Eddie Murphy oh, doing James yeah. Brown going in the hot tub. Hey, that's a James Brown lyric right there. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Um, I think the solo is awesome. I think it's very melodic, uh, and I think it's an awesome power ballad. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, it's very catchy for me. And yeah, this is one of the other reasons is me and me and Jimmy always talk about how fucking underrated this song is and how much we love it. And that's why I got into detonator. He's the other guy that in our trifecta here of buddies that I'm always around listening to this type of music. And we'd always talk about this album in this specific song. So if he was here, he'd back me up. Fucking asshole. Shit on my song. Okay. Anyway, I love this. I love the song, uh, but we're not done yet. No. So let's go.
top secret. So this song sounds old. And then, you know, when you do a little bit of research, you find out it is an old song because it, it, it lacks the polish and the melody of what a Desmond Child does. The guitar rift is unique. There's some fills he's doing that are almost like Middle Eastern flavor, which is kind of cool. Um, and the song's a bit more raw. I think I like that. But then it sounds kind of very amateur because when you compare it to Love and Use a Dirty Job, like it's not even close. <laughs> so it feels kind of like an afterthought maybe thrown on at the end. Um, it's meh at best to me. Wow. Okay. Well, thank God they ended the album with this and not giving yourself away. I la- for a lot of the comments that you said, it's one of the reasons why I why I'm a huge fan of this song. It sounds raw. It sounds old. It sounds like it's something off the first two albums. It could have maybe been on on uh, out of a cellar. Awesome solo. I, I, I th- this this is a standout song for me because again, I keep saying a lot. This is what I want from Rat. Kind of that like simple kind of riff, the driving beat of the song. You know, cool chorus cool guitar solo um i'm happy that they ended the album with this because i i don't like when albums end with a thud and to i like this song so it ends on a strong note for me top secret's a good one top secret written by steven piercy warren demartini and desmond child uh this is a song that was always you know i knew the album it grew it grew it grew and it's probably the track I go to the most on this album. Fucking love the guitar. Love it. It is so kick-ass. The fucking lead fills that he does is incredible. He extenuates everything. It's so melodic. And the song original version is on that compilation collage that they did. It's credited as saying written originally by Stephen Piercy. In 1977 Amazing Jakey Lee was with Him at the time And contributed a lot of the guitar Parts to this song And then they updated It so there's a very rough cut Of this song you can hear It on uh, collage and other Stuff and the the Guitar stuff a lot of people in the comments, if you go on YouTube and watch and, and read some of the stuff, a lot of people are like, when did fucking Rat become Megadeth? Especially if you hear the older version. You're like, what the fuck? It sounds like Megadeth. Yeah, uh, because the way, the simple riff that you got here, that is definitely an old, like, Megadeth Metallica, just a simple chugging, just, uh, 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 like, yeah. that's not something that Rat did a lot. I think the guitar on this is insane. It's my yep. favorite guitar track on this. The pre-chorus rocks. I love the the callback. Like, I'm on, 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 on. I love that. The top secret. I, I, the song kicks ass for me. Kicks ass. One of the uh, things that I did. One of the things that I didn't break bring up. Um, like you used to talking like during the chorus is that how that guitar riff starts to like escalate. It's like, eh, 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 like it goes up and then it kind of goes back down and you get back into the verse. I, you can definitely tell that this song is, I don't want to use the word afterthought because that usually has a negative connotation. But you, like you said, you could tell it's old and I, that's why I like it. And they modernized it and put a fucking kick-ass version of it. They did. The yep. So that is rats detonator thoughts. Sonny, I love out of the cellar after that rat is hit and miss for me. If I came up with 
20 songs from Rat that I liked total. It would be a miracle, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, every album after Out of the Cellar was like less and less. It's like Invasion. I'm like, oh, I like like four or five songs. The next one I was like, eh, I like like two or three songs. So it just kind of, I don't know. And it, I think it has a lot to do with they never allowed me to connect because there was a big piece of it missing for me. So I was excited when Zeus picked this because, again, I'm a rat fan and I don't know much about Detonator other than the hits, quote unquote, that were on this. I've got to tell you, this has happened to me before when we do album reviews on albums that I'm not familiar with, which is rare. Most of the albums we've picked, I know pretty well. It's like, like, I don't know if it's because I'm letting my mind like mature and I'm like enjoying it, or if it's like that Stockholm syndrome. Like I play the album once. I'm like, oh man, I don't know. This is kind of rough. Then by the end, I'm like going onto eBay and seeing like if I can find the vinyl because I fucking love it. Like I couldn't stop listening to this album. Like I, I was, I was hooked. I mean, I know I've said some, you know, a couple of songs that don't stand out as my favorite, but I, and again, it's because I like Rat. It's because I like Stephen Piercy. This is a great album. It's too bad it kind of got buried in 1990. I'm happy for them. They had a couple standout hits on it, but I like it. The problem with the album, as much as I do like it, you can definitely feel the Desmond Child. It sounds like half of this album is Rat, and the other half is Rat trying to be somebody else. And I get it. It's 1990. You're trying to kind of rejuvenate or expose them to a different kind of audience because of what's going on in music. Talked about the songs that I feel maybe aren't Rat-ish. But that being said, Detonator is a good album for me. All right. So for me, I, I told you, I have a lot of nostalgia when it comes to this album. Uh, I love it. And one of the things is, Tom, I feel like you'll probably circle back to this at some point mm-hmm. and and start thinking of it a little bit differently. Like, you never know. Maybe you'll be like, nah, it still didn't move anything for me. But for me, I think that you'll see that this will have a lot to do with like people think of Hot in the Shade. Yeah, this is yes. weird. I don't like this. Oh, fucking it sucks. It's not out of the cellar. Oh, Hot in the Shade sucks. It's not revenge. It's fucking not creatures. It's different. It still, it, they still have their signature rat kind of sound, but they it do. had something. And I love that. I love that these songs are different, a little mature. There's nothing on this that I've ever skipped. Nothing. Uh, except for maybe intro, like fucking hurry up and get to the song. But I, I, I can play this all the way through. I've played this now for a couple of weeks straight. All the time and when I'm in the car Which is not often but when I'm in the car I play this and I don't care what song comes on Um, I prefer Like certain songs but I don't mind If anything else comes on I think that this album for me um, The The different tracks Are what stood out for me Because I'm already used to And I already love that rat sound Mm -hmm. So but the different songs The giving yourself away all or nothing Um you know, one step away and heads I win and tails you lose. Those songs stick out for me and have a more of a feeling. Those are the songs that you're like, oh, I don't like this stuff. It's different. I I always like to say, give it a chance and you'll see. But to me, I, I've loved this album. I feel it doesn't get any, any uh, uh, attention or love. It got lost in the shuffle. Uh, and actually the last three albums from rat really got lost in the shuffle in the nineties yeah. and eighties. Uh, after invasion and it's too bad because there's some great music there and i you know if you're a fan of steven piercy and warren demartini's guitar and the rat sound i think you would love this so that's my opinion on it you know what we do now we go to song 
and we rank them. So yep. there are 11 tracks here. Okay. Since there are 11 tracks, um, and this is uh, my album, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first. Is that all right? Go for it. All right. Number 11 for me, intro. <laughs> that Sonny, was easy. Sonny, you can go next, I'll, then I'll go. <clears throat> so I didn't think that any song could ever be worse than Source of Infection. <sighs> until, <laughs> until you heard Giving until Yourself I Away. Until I heard Giving Yourself Away. This is the bottom of the 16 albums we have done. Oh. Period. Oh. Giving yourself away is my number eleven. I, I never thought anything could. I, I never thought anything could be worse than a fifty-second intro that doesn't even have any lyrics. But giving yourself away is at number eleven for me. Oh, you guys are insane! <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Number, number ten. Scratch that crab, dude. Already, we're all over the place with this, and I love it. Ten for me is intro. Me too. Intro number 10. Nine for me. Can't wait on love. Uh, nine for me is scratch that itch. <laughs> nine for me is one step away. Eight for me is hard time. Hard time. Uh, eight for me is top secret. Wow. I, I, see, I love when we do rankings and everybody's all over the place. It makes it more fun. Uh, eight for me is all or nothing. Um, seven for me. Loving you is a dirty job. Wow. Okay, so before I give you my seven, my three through seven, I was having a bitch of a time ranking them. So here's what I did. I said, all right, take Steven out of the mix because I love Desmond Child. Okay. And rank the songs as if Steven is not singing. So my number seven is hard time. Number seven for me is Heads I Win, Tails You Lose. Number six for me is Shame, Shame, Shame. Oh! <laughs> six, six for me was all or nothing. Six for me is Hard Time. Number five for me, All or Nothing. Number five for me was Heads I Win, Tails You Lose. Five for me is loving you is a dirty job. Wow. Yep. Four. One step away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Four for me is can't wait on love. That's also my number four. Can't wait on love. Three for me. Uh, heads I win. Three for me is one step away. Three for me, top secret. Barely missing out on the number one spot. Number two, giving yourself away. (gasps) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It was nice knowing you guys. Uh, (laughs) My number two is shame, shame, shame. Number two for me is scratch that itch. Number one for me. Without a doubt, best guitar, fucking top secret. Uh, number one for me, without a doubt, best song on this list, Loving You's a Dirty Job. 
Number one for me, <clears throat> without a doubt, this was everybody else was competing for two through 11. Shame, shame, shame. Number one. It's always been one of my favorite rat songs. All right. What do we got? All right. So the top one is uh, shame, shame, shame. Number two is top secret. And number three is love and news, a dirty job. Woo. Interesting. Those rankings were all over the place. They were. Yep. I like, I like when the albums are like that though. Yeah. You guys don't know what you're talking about, but that's all right. We still love you. All right. Let's move on over to album covers. So we have reviewed so far. Appetite for Destruction, Slide It In, OU812, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Blizzard of Oz, Jar of Flies, Winger, Singles Soundtrack, Mechanical Resonance, Odyssey, Hailstorm. Where does album covers rank for you, Tom? And do you need me to read off what you have so far? Nope, I have mine right here. So my album covers, I have Blizzard of Oz, Peace of Mind, Appetite for Destruction, Pyromania, Mechanical Resonance, Slide It In, Hailstorm, Odyssey, Jar of Flies, Super Unknown, Singles, Bon Jovi, Winger, Load, OU812. And on the heels of me last episode, Hailstorm saying nothing will ever knock OU812 out of the basement. One month later, I changed my mind. Detonator. Out of the cellar and into the cellar of my rankings. That is the worst album cover because I don't even know what the fuck it's supposed to be. If you gave me the Ameri- the version of the woman pressing the button, if that was the standard issue cover, maybe. But the rest of it is just ridiculous. So that is last. OU812 has been saved from the cellar. I still don't know why that's so fucking last. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Sonny. So I had ranked mine. Peace of Mind, Slided In, Blizzard, Pyromania, Appetite, Mechanical, Hailstorm, Bon Jovi, Singles, Winter, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, Odyssey, OU812, and Load. And, uh, you know, I had a hard time with this one, but I'm going to put it right after Bon Jovi and before uh, the Singles soundtrack since she looks like a boy. So I'm going to put it in between Bon Jovi and Singles. I, I, I think that's the worst fucking, I don't get it. How is that fucking this better than Jarfly, Super Unknown, Wingers, and Odyssey and OU812? I don't know. I just look at it going, oh, that's that's interesting. I don't know. I look at it and I'm like, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless. um, (laughs) I had Blizzard of Oz, Appetite, Peace of Mind, Slide It In, Pyromania, Jarflies, Mechanical Resonance, Super Unknown, Singles, OU812, Bon Jovi, Hailstorm, Odyssey, Winger, and Load. I'm going to rank this probably right under Winger. Nothing's going to beat fucking Load. That's the worst one by far. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to uh, rank this right under Load. Okay. Uh, right above Load, excuse me. Uh, right under Winger. The okay. winger one is still like kind of like whatever, but at least it's got a face thing there, and yeah, kind of thinking what they're trying to do. This I, I don't get it. No, so, it's, it's it's odd. I mean, especially with a title named Detonator, there's so many cool things you could have done. But I yeah, I, I don't get it. So let's go over to the albums themselves mm. and how we rank them. Tom, do you know what how you rank this? 
I do. Yeah. You I mean, how, yeah. Why don't you read your rankings first? Okay. Um, so I got number one, mechanical resonance, singles, pyromania, jar of flies, appetite for destruction, odyssey, hailstorm, blizzard of Oz, super unknown load, slide it in winger. OU812 Bon Jovi Peace O Mind. Detonator. I like the album. Uh, I like it very much. But again, I keep saying this every episode. There's a list of some of the all time greats on this. Um, Detonator is going to go right underneath Winger and above OU812. It's going to go in at number 13 for me. Okay. Sonny, you want to read yours? So my ranks went Hailstorm, Slided In, Appetite, Mechanical, Pyromania, Winger, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, OU812, Blizzard, Odyssey, Singles, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, and Load. And this one is going to end up between Singles and Super Unknown for me. And that is really on the top two songs, Love and News or Dirty Job and Shame, Shame, Shame. Okay. So above Super Unknown. Uh, it's in between Singles and Super Unknown, yeah. Okay. So you're throwing a rat album sandwiched between grunge. That's, that's not right. good for that's not that does that is not a Sonny Pooney rating of approval. That's not good for the ratings. It is not a positive thing. So for me, I ranked Blizzard of Oz number one, Pyromania, Appetite, uh, Mechanical Resonance, Singles, Jar Flies, Bon Jovi, Super Unknown, Slide in, Peace of Mind, Load, Hailstorm, Odyssey, OU812 winger all right so i am going to rank this one uh in my top 10 i'm gonna knock down peace of mind and it's right on the slide it in so yeah so slide it in detonator then peace of mind load hailstorm odyssey oh you went to winger so that's where it goes for me nice yeah next time interesting we do a group pick. Mm-hmm. We do. And I think we already know what we're doing. We just can't tell you guys. That's right. And yeah, that'll be coming up next month. We always do. Uh, I think it's become a habit of doing uh, two in the month of March. Right. So that we yep. end up with everybody getting four, uh, three picks. Yep. Three for each of us and three for group picks. And that's the way it works. And uh, we look forward to doing the next one, too. Mm -hmm. So after this, we usually go into the next thing. Sonny, you awake over there? I didn't know. Go first. Okay, so what makes me rock hard? Um, what I've been doing lately is I caught up on a lot of the stuff that was on DVR or whatever. And what I'll do is I'll I'll uh, you can talk to the remote now because we've got oh, yeah. Xfinity, right? So I'll say a actor's name or actress's name, and then just kind of look for a movie that maybe I've never seen. So for some reason, I was like, oh, Danny DeVito. I haven't seen Danny DeVito in a while, so I. <laughs> Call it up, and because uh, I love that other people's money. Have you ever seen that movie? That's oh yeah, way long movie. ago. I yeah. love that movie. So uh, I'm like, oh, let me check out something I haven't seen. And this movie came up called Even Money, and it's from 2007. And basically, 
It's a story about like how three strangers, three of the main characters who are addicted to gambling and how their lives kind of become intertwined in this area of the world. Um, so Kim Basinger is the lead actress wow. smoking hot in the movie, by the way. And she's a writer, a novelist who's a gambling addict. Danny DeVito is the mag- magician that works at the casino. Forrest Whitaker is a sports betting addict. Ray Liotta is married to Kim Basinger, and he's putting up with her shit. Kelsey Grammer is the detective. Wow. Tim Roth is the bad guy threatening people. Jay Moore is a uh, character. Carol Gugino is a character. Nick Cannon, Charlie Robinson. Like, it's got Jeez. major actors. Never heard of and, it. Uh, it's a really, really cool movie about just if you're a sports gambling addict or if you're a you know a person who plays slots all the time that loses a lot and the, kind of the down and out about a magician who had a show but then didn't go so well and kind of is on the last end of that and then how their families react and how it sometimes gets you in trouble and you go start borrowing money from people maybe you shouldn't borrow money from and who's the dirty cop and who's not the dirty cop and it just – it's a really good movie, and it was a fun watch. It's called Even Money from 2007. Cool. I'll have to check it out. I never heard of that. Yeah. So for me, so Zeus always talks about going down like a YouTube rabbit hole. So Amazon Prime Video, the same thing happened with me. They have a very under, or I should say unknown, I guess, unless you're searching it out frequently. Their music documentary rock doc category is unbelievable and i have just been finding myself falling down that rabbit hole because with amazon prime like with most streaming services you watch one thing and it'll say you may like this and they have band specific documentaries some of them are from that they that classic show the classic albums you know they have ones on metallica steely dan uh then they have other like non i love steely dan it's one of my favorite bands sonny's laughing at me right now uh but then they have other ones that are not they're kind of just like independently made like if you're a Zeppelin fan, tons of Zeppelin ones, general ones on the band, then one specifically about, say, physical graffiti, Led Zeppelin 4. Then there's, I, then there's one, Elton John, The Police, ACDC. Then they have other ones that are, like, genre-specific. So if you're interested in, like, thrash metal, there's one called Get Thrash, the story of thrash metal. There's a couple about the L.A. glam scene. Just endless amounts of stuff that you can just consume. And most of them are about an hour some of them, I I, I watched uh, a Zeppelin one on uh, Led Zeppelin 4. Just awesome stuff. Um, and, and you will find yourself falling down that rabbit hole because it keeps, every time you watch them, it says you may also like. And it'll just, you know, there's country, hip-hop, R&B. And if that's, indie, if that's something you're into, if you're just kind of, you know, maybe too tired or too lazy to try to search for a movie, or in Sonny's case, too lazy to talk into your remote and say Danny DeVito. Um <laughs> <laughs> you can find any, pretty much anything you're looking for on Prime Video. So their their music documentary rock doc section, chock full of awesome stuff, and that's kind of what I've been going through. Cool, cool. So for me, I'm going to go down a genre that's more up, uh, more let's say uh, Tom's alley, and that is I picked the Block Island Sound. Oh, uh, no. I was telling you when this was going to come out. So for me, I saw it. It's uh, it's 2020. It's a, like kind of a horror movie, but it's not a slasher horror movie. It's a um, like a foreboding kind of something's out there kind of thing. Uh, it's written directed by Kevin McManus and Matthew McManus, and it stars Chris Sheffield and 
their sister, Michaela McManus, who is probably my favorite woman of all time. Because she was in uh, Law and Order as the one of the ADAs on SVU. Kim Graylick. Ah, she's so fucking incredibly hot. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm like, ah, oh, I feel bad. I'm watching their brother's movie, their sister's in it. I'm like, oh, my God. It's fucking gorgeous. Anyways, those two guys are also writers and stuff. They've done a lot of good stuff. Uh, they're part of the... Um, What's the Karate Kid series now, too? They're writers and producers on that, too. Um, Cobra Kai and stuff. So the other big thing is that they're all, and the people that acted in this are all friends of, the, like, that family, the McManus family. It seems like um, they're all actors in, in film industry, and they're all from Rhode Island, right down the street. And Block Island Sound, we know about it, Tom, being from Massachusetts. That's a part in rhode island the movie takes place like literally i feel like down the street because i know that area and i've been there and it's got a real new england feel to it a real local feel to it and it's done by two local kids i've been waiting for this movie to come out because i i you know like like sunny uh michaela mcmanus anything she's in (laughs) uh, i knew that this was coming out so i've been waiting for this and it's a good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. I watched it. It was interesting. Uh, I thought the filming and the acting was tremendous. I'm not a big horror movie guy. So, but at the end in this movie, there's like kind of like a little bit of a voiceover and it makes the whole movie make sense. And it's, I found it really interesting. Ties it all together. I liked it. I think you guys should give it a try. It's top 10 right now. On uh, Netflix, that's where you can catch it, and I believe right now it's got like a 96 rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm surprised if you haven't seen it, Tom. Oh, I've seen it, and I'm in that four percent that thinks it sucked. Oh, really? <laughs> um, but here's the reason why, and I say this all the time: I am, I, I'm an admittedly unfairly harsh critic to horror movies. Um, because it's all I watch when I'm not watching like music documentaries. It's all I watch all different kinds, supernatural slasher, uh, you know, occult, um, you know, whatever, every genre. I love them all because I'm just interested in the themes and the plots and the stories. This movie really, really had me going because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But my biggest problem with horror movies is the ending of them. If they can't, if they can't stick the landing the movie just leaves me like, fuck off. You just took 90 minutes of my life. This one, I didn't fit for me. I didn't feel satisfied because there was a lot going on. It was interesting. It kept me wanting to watch more to see what the hell is going on. Like you said, acting was great. Filming, the cinematography, it was all very well done. There was some interesting shit going on. I just didn't feel like it wrapped it up enough for me to have closure on what I had been watching for the 90 minutes. Maybe I'll give it another shot. Um, but it, I was expecting all, cause I remember we talked about it like a year ago cause it is a local movie. Yeah. Um, but again, I am, I am an admittedly unfair, harsh critic when it comes to any kind of horror movies. So, you know what this reminded me of more and see, I don't even know why they called it a horror movie. It's more like, uh, I mean, I don't want to give it away. If I talk too much, I right, might give right. it away. I know what you mean. So for me, it's more of like a twilight zone exactly. throughout the whole movie. Yep. You, there's something going on. It's like a thriller. But I felt that ending 
And we'll talk about it when we get off the air. Yeah. And the voiceover that harpened back to a small little scene in the beginning of the movie that you yep. didn't think anything of. And you're like, holy fuck, that does make sense. Right. Holy right. shit. To me, that tied it in. And it would have been a perfect long episode of a Twilight Zone. So I, I liked it. And plus, okay. I, I like to support local guys and things like that. Yeah, me too. Do. And these two brothers, I guess they're twins. I hope they do well. So. Cool. Plus, oh, Michaela McManus. There's something about oh. movies that happen for, uh, that are set in a place where you live, right? Yeah. And you've been around. Like, remember that uh, Eddie Mo- uh, Murphy movie, Metro? Yes. Right. Oh, that was horrible. Yep. Yes, in San Francisco, yes. I absolutely yeah. love it. Because yeah, I, I've been there. I've right. bet on Russell Bays before. That was oh, a job wow. he was betting on. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is like, he could have been sitting next to me doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Well, I've so been to block, it, 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 it's funny because I've I've block I, I've been to Block Island and gone to a wedding on Block Island, so I know the so seeing it, I was like, oh, okay, all right, that's kind of cool. Um, look, I shouldn't say it was horrible; it just wasn't satisfying to me. I wanted more. Yeah, I think um, Mystic River, like the oh Departed, yeah, all yeah. those Boston movies that have become big the, in the, the last- town. The town, they're all local stuff. They all show local stuff that we all know. Yep. And so we get into it. Um, school Ties. You remember School Ties? Yeah, absolutely. Great it's movie. Down the street in Southboro, right where I live. Yep. In St. Mark's. That's where it was filmed. I go by them all the time with my daughter. So, yep. like, things like that you tend to go into. But, again, I, I thought the movie is nice. And you like to see when you you follow one person on either – Twitter or Instagram and stuff, and you'll see them like, oh, we're starting to film this. I'm doing this with my brothers. Mm-hmm. And now to see it come out and they're getting good stuff, good reviews on it. To me, I, I love seeing that plus. Oh, cool. Michaela McManus. Oh, oh God. God. Last God. week, last month, Lizzie Hale. Oh. This week, Michaela McManus. Oh, for me, the month she... before Valentine's Day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would be the perfect, perfect, perfect. Oh, oh boy. anyway. Oh, boy. Oh. All right. Give me 10 minutes. I'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 10. Ten. <laughs> well, I gotta and find second. it. I gotta. I gotta. Sh- I gotta. <laughs> there's a routine behind it. I gotta get sad. I gotta put the lights down. I gotta get. I gotta turn oh myself my off. Light a candle. Incense. Like like forty year old virgin. You gotta turn all the family photos inward so they're not looking at you. <laughs> Grab the proper towels. You know, fantastic a towel. Um. So, Sonny, where can we find you, buddy? Uh, easiest place is grownuprock.com or uh, Podcast Rock City. you got a live stream going on every Sunday. I'm easy to find. I'm out there. Yeah. Are you going to talk about compilations? Compilations. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was good. We had a fun uh, we had a fun um, uh, live stream not, not not too long ago with you and in, in the Grown Up Rock team and good. Potter Than Hell with our buddy Steve. Yeah. Um, Tom, are we around? Yeah. Uh, so our as you heard at the beginning of the episode, lots of feedback, lots of ways to contact us. Email shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have the Facebook group, the Shout Out Loudcasters. Um, if you're new to the show and you're discovering this episode, we are an all kiss podcast that drops new kiss episodes every Saturday. Our most recent one was the uh, very controversial review of the Paul Stanley soul station album. Um, and then once a month we do these album review crew episodes with Sonny, uh, because the three of us 
as heard here today, we love things other than Kiss, and we like to talk about the albums that we love. Um, so you can find us there on our show. We're part of the uh, proudly a part of the Pantheon podcast group. So you can find our show anywhere you can find podcasts. Obviously, you're listening to us now. But if there's a particular uh, platform that you prefer and that's not available, let us know. But we should be uh, able to be reachable everywhere. Yeah. Uh, remember now to email us. We like the emails for especially this show. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can always direct message us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you go on to Click T Shop, you can get your Shout It Out Loudcast gear and you can get the new album review crew t-shirt which ed designed for us and it's got that retro look and the writing on the back of the t-shirt as well it looks very cool ed did a great job on that and that's on his website now the album review crew shirt you can always take a look on that it is on click and you can also find us on youtube podchaser.com and also, if you give us one of those five-star child reviews on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. And don't forget, if you want, you can subscribe to our Patreon uh, account as well. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. The Patreon app you would find in search under creators. We would be shouted out loudcast. You can find us there. Or you can see in the episode notes, click on that and see what that's all about if you want to contribute and help out. And at the end, we always go to famous last words. Let's start off with uh, Sonny this week. You're a loser. Out of time. You'd send your mama up the river to make a lousy dime. You're going to get it now. <laughs> Oof. Rough. <laughs> so when we pit when Zeus picked this album and I heard this song, I'm like, oh, this has to be my this has to be my lyric because Gene Simmons is like, how the fuck did I miss out on this? I'll be the doctor and I'll give you the cure for this infection. I'm your injection. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch. Oh. Loves like a bug that you catch in a snatch. Uh, that was going to be it too. I know. <laughs> but anytime, anytime you can rhyme infection with injection, I mean, come on. Is that the infection injunction? Yeah, exactly. What's your function? So, mine. Before I say this, I didn't pick this. You would think I would have picked this, but I didn't because I forgot. We never talked about it when we talked about the song. Uh-oh. And it's, I'm racing with time. You're burning in my mind. I'm a man on the mission. I've got a rocket in my pocket. Ain't nothing going to stop it. I thought somebody would talk about rocket in the pocket. Well, the reason I didn't, did. because I was, because I didn't, I don't like to spoil. I, I, I figured that would be a lyric, a, a, a famous last word. So I didn't want to spoil it. I exactly. didn't pick it because I thought we would talk about it. Right. And then right. We did it. And yep. then I'm like, that's not even my lyric. Yep. So. My actual lyric is this. I'm way in too deep. There's no time to sleep. And I'm hungry and thirsty. It's like my fingers in a socket. And I need your love to shock it. 
but time has no mercy. And when I hear socket, I think of put your finger in a socket, head like a rocket, punk motherfucker named kid. That's interesting because when I hear thirsty, all I hear is these pretzels are making me thirsty. God, lots of lots of kiss influenced lyrics on this on this album. Oh my god. Maybe we'll do a kid and play review sometime. Oh my god. Too hype. We'll do fucking the house party commentary. Oh, hey, we've done one soundtrack. We'll do another. We do the house party soundtrack. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) Sonny, thank you. Tommy, thank you. Kiss Army, Loudcasters, all you out there, thank you. Guys, thank you as always. Sonny, always a great time. Love talking uh, other non-Kiss stuff. So thank you, Zeus. Thank you, everybody out there listening. Thank you as always. Yeah, great time. And guys, keep up the feedback because uh, we love it. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.